And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, once again, we are back after a major weekend of big-time MMA combat. Things going on coming up in boxing and all that stuff, but it is MMA that stole the show both Saturday. We had Bellator, we had the UFC, and we had some fantastic fights in both. A lot of things to talk about. Got to talk about some of your homies and the things that they're saying, but let's get going with what's happening. How are you doing? You are in Texas. You are not in your studio. No, I'm in Texas. I'm actually at a friend's house using their Wi-Fi. So bear with us, ladies and gentlemen. It's a lot better than the hotel Wi-Fi that I was asking about. And they were like, yeah, we don't we don't have very good Wi-Fi here. I was like, oh, great, lovely. Perfect. So, But uh, re- regardless, we are here. We made it. The full setup is here. John knows how fun it is to move all of your shit to, to film a show because <laughs> John did it last week. Love it. <laughs> so, it's uh yeah so we're here we're doing the best we can to bring you guys uh our weekly episode on the weekends uh right after the fights as soon as as fast as we possibly can so hopefully you guys enjoy this show hit that subscribe button in the youtube channel as well as all of our audio platforms our two biggest audio platforms are itunes and spotify so make sure you guys go there hit the subscribe button there as well and all of our other ones stuff so soundcloud google play stitcher all of them as well so we want to thank you guys for listening to us and uh, hopefully we're gonna drop some knowledge on you guys uh for this week's fights this weekend's fights John, what's, let's, uh, what do we start off with? I don't have a screen share today, so you're running, you're running the show will, today, buddy. I, you know what? We're going to start with Bellator actually was first and the UFC ended last. So we'll go with Bellator first and then, and then get into the UFC and everything that happened there. But Aiden Lee came out against Alexander Osterov. You, you're a fan of Aiden Lee. I know that. And you mm-hmm. watch, you know, him fight in England multiple times. I've watched him fight multiple times. I thought he had an incredible performance in his loss against Aaron Pico and not so much that Aaron was all over him. But the things that he was, you know, hanging tough with and not giving in. But in this fight, man, he looked so good. He was a sniper out there on the feet. He is for 145 pounds, six foot tall, 75 inch reach. And he's hard to deal with in the stand up. And Ostroff quickly found that out. Yeah, see, I thought he fought Aaron Pico the wrong way. I think he, I like the idea that he was using the jab behind it and trying to get to Aaron Pico, but I thought he should use more of those front kicks up the middle because Aaron having that style of boxing that he has, he could have hit that front kick, push kick to the face, to the body, all of those things. Don't get me wrong, Aaron's just at a different level right now than a lot of people now that he's found his grooves uh, at Jackson Wink. But I, I mean, that style because you know as i always say you guys i'm gonna say it again tall long and lanky for six foot six foot 145 pounds he's tall long and lanky and his body style is perfect for this sport and the the benefits that come with being tall long and lanky and he utilizes all those weapons he just didn't utilize them the best against pico but in this weekend's fight he fought a great fight he stayed long he was like you said a sniper out there and when he landed that shot it didn't even look like it landed yeah it was the left hook was it the left hook yeah, right anyway, behind the no. ear. I thought it grazed. No. I thought maybe it was more of the forearm to the back, like to the to the. It might have been, but you know that's that brachial nerve, and you you hit that brachial nerve, yeah. it'll put you down. So, yeah, and it didn't look like it didn't look like anything that really hit him super hard. But then his opponent just went down, like got stuck in that seated position for a split second, kind of frozen. Uh, yeah, and then he gave him the push. When he rolled him over, he got to jump to the back real quick. That's the type of fight IQ that I'm looking for, these young, talented fighters. Instead of just trying to flurry on the shots, you know, and potentially getting pulled into a guard against someone who's good on the bottom, good on the feet, like you can end up being stuck in that position where you lose it. He jumped right to get in the hooks, 
right to locking in the choke, and it was in tight. It was in deep. It was quick. Nice transition how he rolled from one side to the next, yep. and then just saw, and then made sure that it was exposed on that choking side versus the other side where it wasn't locked in fully. He did a great job, and like you said, I'm high. I've been high on him for a long time. I called one of his first fights in Bellator. It might have been his first fight when he fought uh, Saul, Saul Rogers. Rogers. And they were, yeah, and they fought a great fight. It was absolutely amazing. Saul was able to edge him out and ink him out on in terms of the wrestling and stuff. But there was never any quitting him like we saw with the Aaron Pico situation. This kid's a stud. I think he's got a bright future. He's huge for the weight because he is tall, long, and lanky. I, I mean, I, I'm high on him, man. If you guys, if you guys are looking to, if you guys are listening to our show and you guys are looking to, to follow young, talented fighters who have the potential upside for a big growth in this sport, he's one of them. I think. I think. It, I think the growth in him is high. Yeah, he's got. Some, you know, he's got some losses. There's no doubt. But you look at who he's lost to, and you go, "That's a tough. That's a tough dude. That's a tough dude. That's yeah. a tough dude." So it's he's at that point where he's got to start winning those fights. But this fight, I can tell you, I'd watched Ostroff before. He's good. He's good in the stand-up. He comes from Alexander Shlomenko's school and with, where they're all good in the stand-up. You know, they're all good at wrestling. And uh, he quickly showed that he was the superior striker in this. So great yeah. win for him. I thought he looked great. It's a good thing for him. Can't wait to watch him again. The next fight was, I'm just going to, we're going to go real quick, Shurkovich against Bazinian. Uh, then Shurkovich is also from Alexander Shlomenko's school. He looked very calm, relaxed. He walked in. He was happy. I love when I see a fighter who wants to be in the cage. The moment he steps in there, you look at him, you go, he's excited to be here. He wants to be here. This is his moment. This is his time. And you could see that with Shrikovich. Took his time, landed some big shots on Bazinian, put him down, kind of fought through the leg lock situation, which I didn't think Bazinian was real smart in trying to go after in the position he was at. But, you know, sometimes when you get hurt, your brain doesn't come up with all the best ideas of, you know, how to protect yourself or attack your opponent. And he got put unconscious on the mat. Yeah, but you look at fighters, John, that you were talking about, that, love, that you can tell when they love to be in there. I mean, like for myself, I looked at myself in several of my fights and I, I was always smiling, having a good time. And, and that's what this is all about. At the end of the day, it's still a sport. And when you find fighters that have that type of mentality, that love to be in there, that, that carry that energy into Uriah Faber. Like, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why he became such a star. Not just because he's a California boy and he came out to the California love. That helps. Saw a soundtrack. That helped. Come on. Yeah, and he had he had that swagger about him, but it was because he loved to be there. You 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 could see the energy he just had throughout fight week, and then when he walked to the cage, you could see it. There's guys that just loved it, and those are the ones that just that that just electrify the crowd, not just the crowd, but they love you know they they're into the fight, and those are the most those are the fighters that I love to watch because you know that they're dedicating their their full life to it as well. It's just the energy that they step in that cage and they bring it every single time. And they, they just love the competition. It's not so much, oh, mm-hmm. I can't wait to get, you know, and, and do that. I can't wait to compete against this guy and prove that I'm better. And that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what you're seeing. But great fight by Shrikovich. I want to move on because this is the fight I want to talk about because I thought this was going to be a great fight. Brian Moore from SBG in Ireland, who I love. I call him the Irish Canelo, fighting against Nikita Mikolaev, who is good. And I had seen him before. I'd watched him. He's good everywhere. His stand-up is sharp. His ground game is great. And he kind of proved it because he put Brian where he needed him to be in the fight, put him on his back, controlled him, beat him up, you know, cut him up with elbows. Brian had a chance at the end. 
He kind of yeah. got that back. Almost got the choke for a second, but McLeif was is skilled enough, technical enough. He wasn't able to get that choke. And big win, big win for yeah. See, so John, Nikita. when we talk when we talk about scoring, right? Like, would you have scored that last round ten eight? He was on his back for more than two and a half minutes of that round, but but, but was not. And, and Nothing was why, close. He was he ever close to really getting the submission? No, even no. though he looked for it, but he didn't look for it enough. And yeah. what did he land for strikes? Nothing. So Nothing. we're talking about yeah. he's in a position, and it's what does he do with the position? And he just wasn't yeah. able to do enough, and that's why. Yeah, he had position, and that's ring or cage control. But that doesn't get you know scored along with if you can say who you know the the striking and everything. But he's he's got to be dominant in either damaging him or dominant in what he's attacking him with, and there wasn't enough of the attacks. So when you get, so excuse me. Oh, and we'll talk sorry. about 10-8 <laughs> scores later on. UFC's yeah, got 10-8 score we got to talk about. Okay, so I'm going to go back to, I'm going okay, to touch in, but I'm not talking about the 10-8 scores. I'm talking about also, this is a good situation for the half score system. Oh, I feel yeah. like he could have been a little bit more of the of the 10-9 because he was on the back for so long and he was controlling the position. He just wasn't able to mount anything. Nikita did a very good job of controlling the wrist. That's what really what slowed it down, uh, which Brian. is what he's supposed to do. Yeah, but when we get into other fights in the UFC and other fights that we talk about in the future, like you could also say that Nikita won one of those rounds could have been a 10, a 10, nine and a, or 10, eight and a half also versus a 10, nine. So it could have been right. either way, but I'm saying I've really liked that half court, that half point scoring system. And I know, I know I'm just blowing sign, shine right now because I know it's never going to happen. <laughs> but when I talk about it, I this just is, keep this on is blowing it. Situation. I'm just blowing it, man. I'm blowing it. Keep on, it. keep on throwing out that sunshine. Make someone I, get a 10. I want. I want fans to understand there's there's opportunity there. It's been talked about, like you said, forever. It's been talked about possibly having a, a half-point system, which I think would make the fights a lot closer and a lot more interesting because it's fun. It, it, it makes it a lot more fun. But then I know I also know that um, people that work at the commission, they don't know how to do math, and, and it would be harder for them to figure out the scores. <laughs> so we got to make sure that we keep it as simple as possible for them. But anyways, regardless, so look, overall, I agree with you. That fight was absolutely amazing. Brian Moore dropping to 135 be in there and he's found his spot now. I think he's I think he's gonna be good there. Nikita was just on a different level when it came to the wrestling. Brian Moore had some good takedown defenses in some situations. But it, when I've wrestled against um the guys from from Dagestan, they like that treetop and they do it very well. You know, they snatch a single, they elevate and they Bring hike it, it and they do the back the back leg trip and that's something that's hard that's hard to stop unless you're extremely flexible. And a lot of people, the way they st try to stop it is they try to turn their back, but then the, the Dagestan guys or the, the Russians will follow up right behind. Yeah. A lot of Americans will follow up too if you got any type of pedigree from wrestling. But it's a timing situation, and he was just Nikita was on point with that timing, and Brian Moore had no answer for that, you know. And uh, but overall, it was it was a good it was a really really good fight. It was it was a good match. We had Stephanie Page, who I've watched in Muay Thai and kickboxing over a hundred Muay Thai fights. Going against the Russian Ronda in Irina Alex, I want to say it right, Alexiva. It's a tough mm -hmm. one for me. I don't know why, but Russian Ronda actually, she's a, she's good in stand up, but she was smart. She crushed the space all the time. Put her up against the cage, dirty boxer. Finally got her down multiple times and stuff. Put on a good a good performance. It was I would have liked mm -hmm. to have seen Stephanie keep that fight more to the center of the the cage and, and move herself. Yeah. Don't allow her to crush that space. When she, when she crushes it, take that step out and attack her and make her pay for it. She wasn't able to do that so much. And so I thought Irina deserved the win and she got it. 
So Paige, right? She was the one that got pressed to the fence. Yep. I'm trying. I'm try- okay. So pay what, what I was, what I was looking at that fight Paige was throwing the combinations, standing right in the center of the pocket, landing, and then staying there, staying there for her opponent to grab her. And then once she grabbed her, she drove her to the fence, was able to get a takedown or two here and there. She would smash her, lift the underhook high, pull the ankle out from underneath. And she was able to stay on top for majority of the fight. But in those exchanges on the feet, Paige had some good exchanges. It was very nice. I mean, like she had, she'd done some good work. It just wasn't enough because she spent most of the time on her back the rest of the round. Yep. yep. So, but nice it, it, it was a pretty, it was, it was an entertaining fight in that first round. Yeah, it was. It was, it was, and you know, well matched overall. Just Irina mm-hmm. had more, you know, just more game as far as the grappling, and that's what got her the win. Then we had the one. I got, one a, lot that, I got a lot of game too, John. I got a lot of game. <laughs> Go ahead. Sedura against Mazdiuk. Darina Mazdik is is the lady who fought a 529 pound blogger or uh, whatever you want to say social social media uh, expert on fighting <laughs> troll. There you go. <laughs> that he decided he would fight. Yeah, it was kind of a setup thing, and it was to get her some publicity, and I think it did, and uh, that's good. And yeah, she got signed by Bellator, but she did show that skill wise, she, she's lacking. She's tough. Oh yeah. She's absolutely a tough fighter. She will stand in there. She will throw. She'll take shots. But she doesn't have the, uh, I want to say, polished skill set that she needs. She wings her shots from the side. Nothing comes down the middle. She's got her chin up high at times. And Kazarina Sedura just took advantage of that. She had the length. She was more technically proficient and just systematically beat her down with shot after shot to the point where her body just started to stop. Yeah, I felt the first two minutes. Uh, Sadia, what's her name? Sadia. Which one? Sadura. The the, the one that the, the tall, long, and lanky one. Sadura. Sadura. She Sadura. she was getting caught quite a bit in that first thirty seconds to a minute, and then yeah. as her opponent slowed down, she just had a hard time. Sorry, guys, I'm having a hard time with the names because I don't have my my screen up in front of me to to look at them, but um, and I have a hard time reading anyway, so it wouldn't probably help. But <laughs> if we get into it. Sadura had some; she had great combinations, especially as the fight went on, and that's when the technique from the toughness starts to separate itself, and that's exactly what we saw. Sadura just she was able to take her opponent's shots, and when she was able to take her shots, she started touching her herself, and as the fight went on, and her opponent had her chin way up in the air. I mean, it was like she was she was posturing almost, chin up in the air, throwing shots. They were clean. Like she landed, she landed clean. It was nice. Oh, landed but hard. It just wasn't. A, yeah, it was. It was hard, and it was. It was. It was great to see, but it just wasn't enough. And those leg kicks started having an effect, especially as the fight went on. The leg kicks, along with this, the, the straight punches, the combinations, sort of really started touching her. And then we realized, like once she, I think once she get her out at the end of the second. Yeah, no, middle of the second. Yeah, no, in the middle of the second, yeah. So she was able to get her out of that. But it was overall, it was it was fun to watch because Sadura's tough, man. She was laying it on her opponent. Her opponent was just as tough, just taking it. Fighting a guy who's 500 pounds. You got to just give her credit for fighting the guy. I don't care if the guy is, if the guy has no damn skill. And she's only what, 120, 125? 125, 130. Yeah, I mean, and you're, you're like, it doesn't make a difference. Like, John, you and I have like done a little exchanges in the cage, and you just fell forward and almost crushed me dead. Come on, okay? like, man. like there was like it, it is. Very, I can't imagine like how she be, felt. But be honest about it. It's the pressure that all of a sudden you're having to feel something. Now there's yeah. just that added weight. When you talk about you know eighty pounds, it's a 
huge amount. Yeah, you yeah. know, and that's yeah. you know that's probably the difference between us is eighty pounds. And then you look at that. There's a difference maybe, of basically close to something close to 400, 375 in that pressure and to not panic from that pressure because weight has an effect, man. There's no doubt about it. Even if it's, you know, a lot of fat on there, it's still weight that you have to contend with and move. And that's what you felt. And that's why, you yeah. know, now don't screw with the old guy. <laughs> I felt the fat. I felt the fat. That's what I felt. The fit, the fit. <laughs> I felt the fat. Uh, what's that? I love it. So then we had Kirill Sedilnikov takes on Rab Truesdale. Let's just be honest about it. Kirill is way too skilled for Rab. Oh, I geez. thought that going into the fight. He still has fast hands. A lot of people are going to look at Kirill and go, oh, he's kind of chubby. That's why he was called Baby Fedor. Dude, the guy can fight. He's got a great ground so game. So Fedor. Fedor's exactly. chubby too. Exactly. So Tyson Fury, buddy. Exactly. You know, dude, see, I'm, I'm love The dad body is back. It yeah. is in all it's that ab shit. Then. Screw that, man. We're talking about get a keg and enjoy. Uh, just shredded <laughs> over here. Just 45-year-old shredded animal, Josh Thompson uh, versus my God. T- the Teletubby <laughs> over there. <laughs> I love it's it. crazy, though. It's crazy to think that these guys, some of the best athletes in the fight, fight game right now are these guys. And don't get me wrong. We've had these guys in the past. You know, first off, you've had Fedor, you know, yeah. uh, of Igor Vichenshin. Someone brought that up to me because I sent Igor a, I sent a text. Wasn't, yeah, he's a stud. No, he was chubby. Because I, I, I sent a text to DC. I said, hey, why don't you put some respect on Fedor's name, man? I said, he was the one that laid the groundwork for the dad bod for you. Oh, yeah. I'm like, he's say. the guy that said that dad bods could be great fighters. You need to be happy with the fact that he laid the ground for you. Dude, it was for you and for Kung Tyson Fu Fury. Panda wouldn't have been Kung nothing compared to Fedor didn't fucking you know lay the groundwork. I said he was you before you were you, buddy. That's really what it was. He was. He was you know, guy. this is the thing. And look, I have all the respect in the world for DC. He is phenomenal. But DC needs to just go back, uh, you know, a couple of years when he was no. fighting in Strike Force, and he sucked, according to all the. <laughs> The casual oh, UFC yeah. fans because he wasn't fighting in the UFC. Oh, Look, yeah. DC's making a huge mistake saying that Fedor would have been average. Okay. People said that DC was going to be average too. He wasn't average. No. And Fedor wouldn't have been average. And Fedor, he was right when he said Fedor would have come in and he would have wrecked Brock Lesnar. He would have wrecked him. Okay. Yeah. It wouldn't even have been close. You know, same thing that you saw from Kane, you would have seen from Fedor. Just worse because he's got stand-up power that even Kane does not have. Yeah, Kane didn't have power. No. And there wasn't any heavyweights that he could not have beat. Now, could he have beat Kane? Yeah, he could have beat him. Do I think that was a good matchup for him? No, I I like Kane in that matchup at that time. But if you go back and you're looking and you're saying, "Look look at all of the fighters that Fedor beat that were champions in the ufc if you if you look at it you know you got to take some of them multiple times because he fought like mark coleman twice he fought antonio mm-hmm. noguera uh basically three times but it was two because one got called for no contest on a on a clash of heads that was a cut mm-hmm. he lost to one that was fabricio Verdum, and that was the yeah. guy that ended his streak so if you say out of 10 fights against ufc champions Heavyweight champions, he was 8-1-1. One, and one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a guy that's going to do average. Stop. Yeah. 
Okay, you're just sounding like yeah. you're being uh, a homer for the UFC when there's no reason. Which okay, which it's, is okay. but there's no just, there's no reason for it right. because you were in that same position, and it's you got to give due where due is deserved. And DC was a phenomenal fighter, phenomenal athlete, put on a, had a great career, but how many times did DC fight? You know, what's his record? Twenty. Let's say he talk, maybe he fought twenty-five times, if that. Fedor's fought forty-six times, forty-seven. Okay, fought twice as much as you, dude. And take a look at his record: twenty-eight first-round finishes. Stop with the average. That's not. That will never be average. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I agree. On, I agree with you on that stuff. Um, I, I think really what's getting lost in this whole thing, though, John, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna be the guy that's gonna be the the calm voice in this situation, okay? Because I can see that you've gone <laughs> over the top already. <laughs> I would be I'll me. be the calm voice. It really just comes down to a lot of people look at Fedor, and it's what have you done for me lately? And that's really what it comes down to. That goes for every sport. They compare what he what he was like, oh, who did he beat? Somebody actually put a tweet out and I was like, What are you talking about? Oh they said, Well, God. if he would have came to the UFC when he was younger, oh, like then Jesus. he would then he would he would have had to challenge himself. I said, Do you forget he fought Semi Schilt, who was seven two? He fought Ricardo Arona. These all guys in their prime, Semi Schilt was fighting in K one kickboxing, knocking dudes. He was out. he was the Grand Prix champion how many times? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, he got tired of being the Grand Prix champion, decided to come over and fucking be the champion over or try to be a champion in pride and Fedor beat him Mirko when he was fucking knocking everybody out crushing you know, people crushing guys you know and so like oh when he would have came when he was when he was uh if he wanted to challenge himself and I want people to remember back then the UFC didn't have a lot of top heavyweights that's why strike force had all uh, strike force had all the best heavyweights at the time they actually rejuvenated the heavyweight division in the UFC I think that, and when I had heard around and talked to people that worked for the UFC, that one of the biggest reasons why they bought Strike Force is because they had a lot of the top heavyweights. They also kind of thought the deal with Fedor would have came with it, but it oh, didn't yes. because of the situation. But um, because they were trying to get Fedor in the Pride deal also when they bought Pride, and Fedor's right. contract said that it always, if it was sold, that he got it out. Here, and I so, just just look at it this way: if, there, you know, if you're going to go with, take a look at how hard. The UFC, especially Lorenzo Fertitta, tried to get Fedor. Offered him more money than any other fighter they had ever had at that point. Okay? You don't do that with someone that you expect to be average. Okay? Yeah. And, and at the time, they didn't have anyone that could really beat him. Um, no. Like Frank Mirrors, their champion at that time, was not going to beat him. He, could, he didn't have the wrestling to take him down. And we saw that even when he was at 42 years old. He was able to hip toss Frank. I know yep. Frank wasn't the fighter he was when he was younger, but Frank never had the wrestling to get the takedown. Nobody in the UFC, and I'm not being, and this is, I'm just being honest, nobody in the UFC at that time in the heavyweight division had the skill set to beat him. Randy Couture was probably potentially the only one that could have got him to the ground. But when it came to the submissions and the punching power, Fedor had both of those. So when people talk to me, because I'm really good friends with DC and I'm really good friends with, with Kane, and I'm not, I'm definitely not saying that they would have beat him. I'm saying that it would have been one of those fights. And when I look at Fedor in his past, and in, in the past, not now, don't look at the Fedor of now. Don't get me wrong, he had a great performance last night. Yeah. Don't look at that. Look at the fact, look at the fact is when he fought guys like Hungman Choi, who were seven something feet, and he found a way to beat him. Mirko Krokov, who was knocking everyone out with head kicks. Ricardo Arona, who had wrestling, was one of the best jiu jitsu practitioners on the ground at the time. They didn't stand a chance. 
he he had he had systematically dismantled them in whatever that they thought they were good. Nogera, he took Nogera down, sat in his guard for the whole fight, and just obliterated him, him. Made him look like the the elephant man. At the end of those fights, he looked so bad. And then that then that Nogera still went on to become UFC heavyweight champ. That's right. After, that, so when people like after when Fedor UFC crushed says, him twice, twice. And that's my point. My point is when you say he would have been average, that's a, that's a low blow. I get what DC is trying to do. I understand. But I, I just, I, I don't think it's fair. And when I look at, when you look at what Kane and DC did after the Fedor run and all of those things, it's not fair because Fedor had also been unmotivated probably towards the end. Remember at the time he was trying to find places to fight that weren't the UFC because because of what was going on. He didn't like he didn't the like way Dana. Dana did business. He didn't like Dana. He didn't like the way Dana. I think I think had Dana not got involved, I think him and Lorenzo would have had a fantastic relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it would have happened. Yep. But D- Dana just, the things that he had previously said just ruined all the deals that they potentially could have had. Yeah. And that, 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 that was, happens, man. But that was Dana being, that's the, look, that's Dana being a promoter. And you mm-hmm. can't, you, you know, everyone takes, you know, and I'm not saying this, you know, against him at all. This is his job. Is yeah. I need you to I need to make you believe that what I have is the very best. It's the shiniest car out there. It's the best. It does everything, and that's his job. And so when he was putting, when he was saying Fedor sucked, that didn't <laughs> it didn't help him later on when they weren't trying to sign Fedor because Fedor didn't forget it. And he was yeah. like, oh really? You know. And so, yeah, it's just a matter of. It would have been nice to see him compete in the UFC. I would have loved it, but yeah. it never happened. And that was based upon, you know, he's got, he's got values and he's got a belief system that I don't need you. And he was right. No, he's had a great career and he hasn't needed them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I But like I said, like when I look at the things, if I match up DC and Kane and both of them are my friends and you guys know how I like to be a homer, but in this situation, I can't say that they would have beat him. I've trained with both those guys. I've seen both those guys trying. I've seen the way that they fight stylistically. He was a disaster for them because neither one of them had submission defense. Neither one of them. Their idea of submission defense was wrestling. Neither one of them ever very rarely trained jujitsu. Very rarely. Like, sure, we grappled three rounds on Monday, Wednesday, Friday after sparring. We did a little bit of grappling on, on Thursdays. We did about 10 rounds of grappling. But, you know, they didn't always grapple every round. They did. They were hard workers. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. They were actual animals. They would not There's, have gotten where they got. They, they, are, they, are the, they were some of the hardest workers in the damn gym. There's no doubt. Especially Kane. Kane was just a fucking animal. You know what I mean? Which like, is, that's which what is part of, of the reason that he... Was. Exactly. He got hurt so much. He was an absolute stud. But when I look at the way and stylistically how they fight, Kane could have out-wrestled him, could have held him down, but Kane could have also put himself in a submission. And Fedor was really good at hitting those submissions. And then the speed of the hands. Fedor had the speed over over Kane when it came to the hands. And when it came to the power, that went to that went to Fedor also. Now, DC at heavyweight, I, the power, I would say, went to Fedor. And the speed would have been close, but I would have gave that to Fedor also. The wrestling hands down would have went to, to DC. You know, um, and, and the submission would have went to Fedor. It would have been a hard fight. But Kane, but DC in those scenarios and those situations, when, like, this is what you need. This is what I'd say everything. Even when you match them up, and I give you guys that breakdown of what I just said, one thing you can never, never take away from any of those guys is the fucking dog in them. Oh, the heart. That's yeah. the thing. And that that's what have made that's what would have made those fights. You can't tell me when you look at those fights with Kane and Junior Dos Santos, 
screw you guys, man. That fu- Those fights, that's the dog in that kid. That kid, was no one was going to beat him on that day when he walked to the cage. I didn't give a shit who you put in front of him. Not fucking one person was beating Kane against Junior Dos Santos on those two days. DC, same thing. When he came in, he started knocking dudes out. When he fought Stipe, nobody was beating him that day. He just had this mindset of, I'm going to fucking win. Nobody's, and we saw it with Max Holloway, similar situation when he fought uh, Calvin Cater. No one's beating that guy on that day. I Are you give kidding? A shit. He's, talk, he's talking to the commentators while he's fighting Cater. Yeah, I, I can I can say these like there's days where the fighter comes in and they're just feeling it. And those Honestly. those days, those those fighters have had it right. Like came with Brock. Fedor's had those days also. When you look at his, you go back and watch his fights with Mirko. You go back and watch his his fight with Mirko was one of the ones that impressed me the most. Because he just, instead of, he fought in that pocket. He chased after him. Never gave him the range to throw the head kick. Yep. You know, and he got it off a couple times and grazed oh, yeah. the head. But he, there was, Fedor was not going to be refused that day. And there's, you know, in the Guerra fights, Perron's like, oh, you don't want to go to the ground with him. He didn't care. He didn't care at all. And Crushed on those on days, ground. those days are the days that you look and say, that's why these guys are in that GOAT conversation. You know what I mean? That's why these guys are there. And so, um, like, I don't want to take, I'm not taking sides. You know, I'm going to lean towards my boys, obviously, because they're my boys. And I got a lot of respect for Fedor. But, man, I got so many memories of sitting in my friends where I couldn't afford pay-per-views. And we're all sitting around huddled up watching Fedor fight. And I was thinking, like, this this is what life is. I'm like, this is real. This is so fucking cool. I'm watching this guy fight, you know. And we're all huddled up with all of my buddies. All of us are dirt broke poor, you know, in this little duplex watching watching Fedor fight. Shogun, Ninja, who are all these guys, like, you know, Vanderlei and... Anyways, there's so many history, so much history. And that's what I get I, when I said I was trying to be the calm and the, the voice that was calm in this whole situation is because in this situation, people forget how great he was because all they see is what have you done for me lately? What they see is now. And that's sad because, because he's so, he's been so much better than that. Like, you know, and what you saw, what you saw last night was exactly what he was before, but he was like that every single fight. And it was just amazing. So, yep, good stuff. Next, awesome one. stuff. So let's talk about. We had uh, the very first fight, real quick. Anatoly Tokov fought against Davla Muradov. It was a good fight. The one thing that I saw out of it though is Anatoly hadn't fought in two years. You know, based upon mm-hmm. COVID and not having a visa and things like that. If there's one thing that I did see, he was slower, and he was not. You know, the, it, you, know you want to talk ring rust. It was the speed of the fight. He had to mm-hmm. catch up to it and get himself yeah. back into that fight game and under the lights, how fast things go. He did it, and he and he definitely deserved the win, but it took him a while to get going with it. Yeah, bring Russ. Uh, I don't care what Dominic Cruz says. This shit's real. You just Because oh, yeah. what it is, it's the speed of the fight. Now, Dom was able to come back and get some wins, obviously, but it, it takes time. It takes you a round or two to get back into the speed, and sometimes the fight's over by then. And so that's the shittiest part. Um, you know, you just, you, you, there's nothing you can do in training ever to mimic fight game or fight time in the cage. The speed of the fight is, is something you just can't mimic in training because you got 16 ounce gloves, not four ounce gloves. You're wearing shin guards. There's no shin guards. Like things come from all angles, elbows and knees. Like, you know, like there's things you're wearing knee pads the majority of the time. Elbows and knees are not always coming towards your head. 
you know, or they're not coming towards your head in training for sure. You know what I mean? So those are the things that you just can't mimic the fight situation and the, and the speed of it all. So I can understand it. Hopefully he gets another, another fight, another win real quick. Cause I really want to see the fight between him and gay guard. Yeah. Well, if gay guard can get past Austin Vanderford, that would be mm-hmm. an incredible fight to see. But I do, I agree with you. He needs another fight. He needs to get that, that feel, get back mm-hmm. into that, that groove and everything because he's good everywhere. But mm-hmm. he just looked like he was a step behind, and sometimes, and he was getting back. And when he finally got to that point where he was, he was uh, back beat doing what he was doing. It wasn't enough to put away a, a good fighter in, in Devlin Murdoff. I've I've seen him fight multiple times before, so he's good. But Tokov got the win; he deserved it. But let's talk about your guy, Mister Usman Nurmagomedov. Good. Yep. <clears throat> we talked about this fight before, and I said. This is not even yeah. a challenge for him, in my opinion. They they need to start challenging this guy. I actually thought, you know, because he took, he ended up taking Patrick down in the fight. I said, well, that's game planning because I know that, you know, yeah. on the feet he didn't get hurt. In fact, if you watch early, he landed that low calf kick, and you saw that it took away the foot and the ability for Patrick to actually control his foot for a little bit. Same thing that happened to Henry Cejudo. Same thing that happened to <clears throat> Michael Chandler Michael when he Chandler. fought Brent Primus. So... Then right away, Usman was like, "Oh, I got. I want to make this last a little bit. I want to get some time in here." He takes him down. Yeah. But beautiful job mm-hmm. of getting the rear naked choke. Put a lot of pressure on that first one when he was on the jaw. I know that was not comfortable. It was, but locked it in with the rear naked choke and a beautiful win. But it's time to start giving this guy, who is now fourteen and zero, it's time to start giving him <clears throat> that upper upper level competition because he's ready for. Yeah, it. he's he's got three fights right in Bellator. I think it's yeah. three now. So I think what they're going to do is they're going to probably re-sign him. He probably had a four-fight deal. They're probably going to re-sign him to a longer fight, probably five, you know, four to six fights. I'd say six fights. And they'll probably make sure that his money is better. I, this is this is like I, we've talked about this before. When you're in your entry-level contract, these are the type of guys you want to fight. Yeah. And then after you get through that entry-level contract of getting wins and finishes and whatever it is you need to do, you come back to the co- to the company and you say, hey, I held up my end of the bargain. I've I got finishes myself. and great performances and I've proved myself. Now pay me what I'm worth. And they probably will. I would imagine they will. Him being 14-0 and, yeah. and what his last name is. is and I'm sure they're going to end up paying him. Um, And when they do that, he's going to be locked down for six, maybe even eight fights. Whatever it is. I can't imagine probably more than eight. I would say probably six to eight fights. Somewhere in there. But uh, it makes sense. Because they're going to keep him there. They're going to keep him locked in. And, and eventually, I think... The idea is that he will become a champion, not just from the promotion standpoint, but from his family standpoint. They're not settling for anything less than that. And that's their goal. That's their mission. What what I think uh, Nirmaga Medoffs that are actually related right now, 72 and three. Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy when you think about it. That's nuts. They're doing a good job, man. And I think, I think, you know, and they're going to continue to do a good job. I think this is their. This is the the legacy that that <coughs> sorry that like, Khabib's dad left behind, and Khabib will take over, and he'll he'll do the best he can with Javier Mendez. So we'll see what happens. Sorry, guys. Uh, Javier Mendez, you, wow. you talk about a guy that the day that Khabib walked through his door at AKA Javier better go back and say thank you for that day <laughs> because I mean it's yeah. uh, you know, look Javi's a good coach. 
you know, I'm taking. I don't. I don't want to take anything away from him. He's a great guy. I love yeah. him. He's a good coach. He understands the game. He's he does a good job at not trying to completely alter the fighter to the style that he likes. He works within the fighter style, and and that's what a good coach does. But now you know he's got all of these guys coming his way based upon yeah that you know coaching. It's like, well, that's a good turnout, man. That's like getting the you know you you go to the car dealership, you buy a car, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey. I got a couple more cars. What do you think? Man? And boom, 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 boom. All of a sudden, man, yeah. you're a dealer yourself, baby. Way to go, Hop. <laughs> he went and bought a car, and all of a sudden, they gave him the dealership. Fucking A, <laughs> man. Like, Crazy. Um, no, but I mean, he, he's done a good job with them. You know, they've groomed, kind of, they've kind of worked well together. You know, Hav is somebody that just kind of goes with the flow in a lot of situations. So with them, right, they want to go to Dagestan and train. They want to go to Dubai and train. He's just like, okay, you know, my kids are older. My, you know, my gym kind of, uh, with his wife kind of runs it, you know? And so it's all taken care of. He can go ahead and travel and train with the fighters wherever he needs, when he needs to. And, um, it's worked out. It's worked out as a good situation. You gotta, you gotta really take a look and think about him, you know, having, you know, Khabib is a different animal as far as he's a different type of fighter and what Hav was doing with Khabib is trying to hone his skills in the stand-up so he can get himself into those grappling situations. Yeah. The guys that he's working with now, especially Umar and Usman, he's not doing that. He's trying to make them just, you know, that next level in the stand-up because they both like to stand up and fight that way. That That's their primary. Their secondary is now go to the wrestling. So he's got to be enjoying himself with it. Yeah, what it is with Khabib, he did, like you said, he groomed him enough to where he was comfortable on the feet because so many people feared his takedowns. Sure. And so when I, when I want people to look back, you look back at the time when he dropped uh, Connor. The reason why he was able to drop Connor is that Connor was expecting the takedown, he was expecting the shoot. He didn't realize the big overhand right was going to come. You know, and those are the situations that that was enough to get him thinking about. He had wrestled enough to make Connor think about the takedown to the point where the shot was open. Because your your opponent's hands are down trying to defend the takedown. With Usman and uh, Umar, <clears throat> they have a Taekwondo style of stand-up. They had already had that for years. They came to the gym with it. But what they what he's trying to get them to do, is, from what I can gather and see, is that he's trying to get them to utilize their wrestling against the right people. So yeah. in, in Usman's fight last night, it was a perfect opportunity for say, hey, we can stand with him and knock him out probably. But why take that chance when we know he has nothing on the ground? And he's no different than his other cousins and brothers that are really good on the ground. He just doesn't like to utilize it as much. Maybe he's not as refined on the ground as like Khabib or Islam or, you know, those guys, but he's just as good. He's got the technique. He just needs to clean it all up a little bit, but they're still oh, nasty good. Leaps and bounds above his opponent last night when he hit the ground. <clears throat> Next. Next fight we had, the heavyweight fight, the return of 22 and one at the time Vitaly Minikov a guy who was a champion in Bellator had to give up his title based upon he's, he had contractual uh, problems let's be honest he had problems with the old uh, ownership in Bjorn Rebney and I don't blame him I thought you know the way they uh, they did him was dirty and uh, Scott Coker let him out of that contract but then ended up re-signing him again yeah. and uh hasn't been able to really fight based upon he can't get out of the country he's, he's had visa issues you know Syed Soma comes he's that he's that Cain Velasquez style of 
heavyweight. You know, he's the tweener. He's about 240 pounds. He's got great cardio. He, that's why he really reminds me of Kane. He doesn't have Kane's wrestling, obviously, not at all. But he is very calm, same as Kane was. Kane was very calm in the cage and relaxed and let things just happen and kept a pressure that made his opponent work. And Soma is, he's going to be something good. I'm telling you, his, the way he was attacking Minikov, you know, he always starts slow and Minikov won the first round, but I had Soma winning the second round based upon those, that low calf kick did a lot of damage to Minikov. Yeah. And then going into the third round, we had an odd stoppage that a lot of people don't understand, but overall great performance by Syed Soma. You know, he beat, he beat the real deal in Minikov. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I mean, it was the calf kicks. I think that was laying the way. This is what I want to talk about, though, is all that stuff aside. I had I had Soma coming on and potentially winning the third round as well yeah. <clears throat> as it was shaping up. But he dislocated his finger. We talked about this a little bit yesterday on the phone when you were driving back from Pennsylvania, which is like total scumbagginess. 11 hours. That's just oh. trash, man. Just trash. The fucking airlines are out of control right now. They're horrible. Flights canceled, delay, missing connections. Get it together, people. Um, really? <laughs> it was no, but um, so I had said like, hey, if the finger dislocates and both fighters like someone like step back and goes, go ahead, pop it in. And I, I was like, well, if both fighters agree, like, hey, I want you to pop it back in so we can continue fighting. Why would the ref? Why would the ref need to step in? It'd be no different than two fighters just circling, not throwing punches. But then you brought up a good point. In a good point. I mean, this is the, what the rules would say basically is that <laughs> once Minikov looked to the ref for like help. Like, hey, my finger, like, looked like, okay, I'm confused. Like, I don't know what to do with my finger. The ref, the fight's over. That's like calling timeout, basically. Yes. So that's what stopped the action. Exactly. That's what stopped the action. Because I was trying to tell you, I'm like, okay, well, that, I understand. If it, what happens if it was from an eye? Because you said it was from, he did the damage himself. And then I said, okay. Even if his opponent did that damage based upon just blocking, we'll say, Mm -hmm. that's, it's a fair blow. Nothing illegal happened. And so his finger is now dislocated. I can tell you, I probably, you know, throughout my career, 15 to 20 dislocated fingers during the fight. And some of those I called the fight based upon the reaction of the fighter. Some of those, yeah. you know, the fighter kind of looked like, you know, and you look and you go, you want to keep fighting, keep fighting. And they would sit there and with their finger, you know, laying across their other fingers on top of their glove, I would let them work their way through the round. And get to the point where the round ends, they could go back to the corner and their corner at that time during that one minute break, their corner can pop that finger back in. All right. That's legal. But during the fight, during the actual five minutes of that round, when he steps back and he tries to put his finger back and Soma stops and gives him the time, which he's being a sportsman. He's like, Hey, you know, go ahead. Try to, and he tries to put it back. And then he tries to put it back again, and he can't. And then he kind of looks towards the referee. The referee cannot stop this and bring in the doctor and have the doctor put the finger back. That's giving an advantage to Minikoff, although you know it's a shitty injury. It's no different than you know if we get cut, and it's a big cut, you know, and all of a sudden we're dabbing at our eye, and the referee goes stop time. And the doctor looks at us, no, nope, we're going to stop it. It's a TKO. This is a TKO victory for Soma. I, I know it, it sucks for a lot of people, but you can't give an advantage to one fighter over the other. And if you stop the fight and let the doctor come in 
and do that. Fighters all the time, you know, would be calling timeout because I got hurt, but you got hurt by a fair blow. Now, let's say that the finger was, it came out of the glove. And a lot of people have asked that, well, what if it just came out of the glove? That's different. That's an equipment failure. That's something that the design of the glove is not supposed to release the finger, but it does. We will take the time to put that glove back in the right place and now restart the fight. But when it's a, a action that occurs that it's fair, no different than, you know, when Anderson Silva breaks his leg or Chris Weidman breaks his leg on a kick, you know, Chris Weidman against Anderson didn't do anything wrong. And, Hall didn't do anything wrong against Weidman. They just got injured off of the kick. It's a TKO. Same with the broken finger. Yeah, I gave you an example last night. I said, what happens if he puts his hand out or whatever and he stubs his finger and dislocates into the guy's eye? I said, because then now the judge, because you're saying the doctor can't come in to fix his finger. Now the the doctor's going to come in to look at the other guy's eye. Mm -hmm. While the doctor's in there. He can pop his finger back. He can pop it. He can pop his finger, but not the he doctor can pop can't his, pop it. Bingo. But his doctor can't do it. Because right. now, like you said, nope. giving the fighter an advantage to continue fighting in a better being it, healed, basically. Think, think about think about if, if you and I are fighting and you throw a punch and it freaking hits me and I'm trying to kind of block and my fingers go out and they go into your eye, but I get a big old cut during that that blow that you land on me. And now you've got a poked eye and I've got a cut over my eye. So the referee goes stop based upon not my cut. He's stopping it based upon the foul, which was your eye poke, right? Yeah. He's going to give you time to try to get yourself back and get your vision, right? Well, think about, you think that a cut man can come in and fix my eye during that time? You think that's fair? No. Well, it's like saying what, the doctor came in and stitched it up real quick. Exactly. <laughs> what you know? What what happened to me was legal. It's it's called a fair blow. There's mm-hmm. nothing that happened. You know, I got cut, but it was off of a legal blow. That's what fighting is, and that's what we're trying to do all the time: okay. is damage our opponent. <clears throat> and you did that. Now I damaged you, but mine was based off of a foul. So yes, you could have the point where. We'll say that, you know, same scenario, but I, when I, you know, put my hand out and it pokes you in the eye, we'll say it, it snaps my finger over. Yeah. He calls time. I can sit there and pop my finger back, okay, and be good to go in the fight. You get to the point where you say, I'm ready to go. He'll restart that fight. But if in the same scenario, I can't pop it back, and now I go to him and go, hey, you know, I got this. Boom, fight's over because I'm not putting it back. I can't have my corner put it back. The doctor can't put it back at this time. That's an injury. I'm saying I have a problem. The fight is going to be over. Brian Miner did the absolute correct thing in the fight. Well, when I see him next, I'm going to tell him he fucked it up. (laughs) (laughs) I love Brian Miner. That's that's because that's the kind of person you are. I love him. Yeah, I'm going (laughs) to. And then now, what are we on to the main event? Main event, baby. I mean, there wasn't much to go off of other than the fact that Fedor still has fast hands. He still has power. He still leans back with his chin in the air to to, to, to stop people from hitting he him. Does. He he just gets out of the way sometimes, and sometimes he doesn't. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I thought he did a great job. He ducked and slipped offline. 
through the right hand. And when he came back up, left hook, right hand, two piece Minnesota, man. It was right two on the, right on the button. It was right yep. on the button. And when you're talking about like like we had talked about a little bit earlier about just the like Fedor, it was that was the that was what we saw every single time in the past. It was step off line, boom, boom, boom. It was like uppercut, left hook, right hand. He put these combinations together. And when he was, he was one of the first guys <clears throat> that I, that I actually geared my ground and pound around. Oh. So when I got on the top position, he would always hit the body and then come over the top. He was never, and he was never a person just threw with one hand. He threw with both hands. A lot of fighters to this day still only ground and pound with one hand. Learn how to use both. Learn how to hit the body to crunch their body down like uh, their body down like an accordion, and then that that brings their head closer to you to hit, so you don't have to lean over so much and reach so much. He he, I don't think a lot of fighters realize when they look and when they watch other fights what you can pick up from these old school guys. It just made such a difference when I hit to the body and there that that closed their elbows and that made them do like a sit up position that brought their head closer to me to hit. And so the combinations landed harder. Everything was easier for me to reach. And it just, I, like that was so eye-opening for me when learning from that, learning that from him. <clears throat> I never got the whole on the feet, lean back with my chin in the air. I never got that. But, <laughs> you know, some people can get away with it, Probably not the best man. thing for most people to do. Yeah, some and people he, can get away and with he, it. And he paid, he, paid, he paid for it a couple of times. Yeah, he did. You know, it's yeah. one of those things that you look at. But the, the thing to think about is this, you know, when you're talking about his ground and power. Look at he had the most vicious ground and pound I've ever seen. No one has been better. Now Tito had a good ground and pound, you know, bringing his elbows and stuff. But at the time, especially when Fedor was in Pride, there wasn't elbows on the ground that was not allowed. So he was always using his his fist. But you know, when we talk about punches and we talk about you know how many things are taking place, and is it one, you know. Was it one joint that's activated? Is it two being that, you know, it's at your elbow? Is it three through your shoulder? You know, is it four with your hips? And that's the one thing that Fedor in his ground and pound, Fedor figured out a way to turn his hips when he was throwing heavy shots with ground and pound. And he would actually almost spring up and throw and his hips would turn and he would come down onto his opponent with huge shots. And you just look and you go, man, that is vicious because he was so fast so powerful and then brought his hips into play bringing more power to it you know, yeah he was the guy you know, mark coleman was considered the the godfather of ground and pound especially when headbutts were allowed back then and everything and yeah. he was fantastic and fedor was the one that took it to another level yeah so Good great stuff. win I'm by fedor to... you know you, you got to give tim johnson credit i thought tim you know had his moment where he he tried to get him into that gunslinging battle and, and get inside and, and throw shots because he felt like if he could touch the chin of Fedor, you know, it's, you know, 45 and he's proved that his chin is not what it, you know, used to be, but it was never great. He would get hurt. He just was in condition and he would recover and come back. But, you know, Tim Johnson went out there with everything. I love the song that he came out to, the whole Hulk Hogan. I was going to start going into my Hulkamaniac. <laughs> Listen here, Russians! I'm coming with my, my vitamins, saying my prayers. <laughs> but, uh, oh, but you know, you, you gotta love Tim, and he went out there, gave it everything he had in front of you know a crowd that absolutely every one of them wanted him to lose. But he went out there and, and against someone that he had a lot of respect for, and felt like 
you know, this is, this is someone I want to fight and I think I can get the win. It just, just didn't happen. He got hit with the shots that, look, anybody that got hit with those three shots, they're done. Yeah. I, I look at it, though, too, John. I'm going to be a little bit of a critic of Tim Johnson. Is that when I, when we talk about fight IQ, he showed none last night. Like, <laughs> <clears throat> didn't show any. Like, well, don't, don't go I hate to agree with him. you in that. Yeah. But I, you got you to gotta admit, you got to look and say, don't you think that he looked and said, look, all I got to do is I got heavy hands. All I got to do is touch him yeah. once. But that, hey, that, was the fi- that was the 50-50 of that's all Fedor had to do, and he was the one that got there first. Yeah. Yeah, because you got the slower hand. So who do you think is going to get yes. there first? I, I would look at it. All, fit, what is it? Hindsight, 50 50 hindsight, whatever it is. That, that whole thing. Maybe it's 2020. Yeah, you know what I mean. Anyways, it's so. 2020. We're having this conversation about like. Hindsight, sight. When you it's go. It's sight, 2020 when, vision. Yes. <clears throat> okay. So when you when you take when when you take his size at 275 pounds or 265 pounds, whatever he weighed in at. Okay. And by the time he probably fought, he probably weighed about 270, 275. To press Fedor, who was 238, I believe, press him to the fence, wear on him, yeah, yeah. hang on him, if you do can. all those things, that would have been that would have been the game plan. Like, if you go back and you watch the, the fights where people had success against him, against Fedor, the guys that had the most success were the ones that pressed him to the fence, grimied him out, put their forehead in his chin, hung on him. Guys that were big, Bigfoot Silva, you know, they had that type of success in the cage about getting him to the fence and just grinding him out. Tim didn't look like he was eager to do that. He looked like he was just putting his head down, trying to land the clean shot and get him out of there. It just didn't work. Yep. It is what but it you is. Gotta look, what you it is. You know, I hope, I hope that's the the last fight for Fedor. I hope he looks, I hope you so know, I've too. had a great career. I'd like to see him go out with that win. That's a nice win to go out with. He's got In a great Russia. team. Yeah. I mean, can't ask for anything more, but somehow, some way, I think we're going to see him again. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Just let him good. right off into the sunset, man. Get on that horse, and I'll see you later, buddy. Yeah. All right, Dave. What's next? All right, well, we're gonna hop in in last night's UFC, which was Vittoria versus Costa. Well, right now, I want to talk about one of our sponsors. Something that I absolutely love. It is Fume. It is the best way. If you are a smoker or you're a vapor, you're into that stuff. This is the best way to quit that bad habit naturally. It replaces all of that hand-to-mouth habit that you'll get used to that you just seem like you got to have. It'll curb your nicotine cravings. It have incredible flavors. There is a prominent that comes. It's a wood device that you're going to put the core into. That core is going to be an essential oil, and it's going to have things like peppermint or eucalyptus. They are tasty. There's lavender, cinnamon. The best part about this is you can do it anywhere and it doesn't affect anybody else. You can use the fume. You can take a good inhale of it, feel the flavors, get that sense of that hand to mouth and just blow it out. It doesn't affect anybody around you. It's safe for your kids. It's safe for your pets. It's safe for you. And that's one of the most important parts of it. I want you to go and use the code weighing in we have 10% off if you use that order today. And there is all kinds of different things that you can. There's different packs. There's the Conquer Pack. There's the Black Pepper. There is Bubbly Lime. There's all these ones that taste really good. I love the peppermint. It enhances the way you'll feel. It gets into your sinuses and it just makes you feel open and ready to go. Josh, I know you like fume. Talk to me about it, brother. 
Well, you know, smoking and vaping is like peeing in a pool. It ends up getting (laughs) everywhere. And that's the problem. There's no such thing as a peeing section in a pool. So what we talk about when there's no vape, there's no smoke, there's none of those things that you can have inside your car with your children. This is one of those things that the essential oils, you just take them in when you blow out. Your kids are not subject to the smoke and the vape smells of, of, of those things. Also, I've had family members that have done this and used fume and they love fume. And what they talk about is that how it actually helped them from recovering from COVID, not in terms of COVID, in terms of feeling better, but in terms of their smell and their taste were gone for months. They started using fume within weeks, not even weeks, within a week. Basically, they started getting their taste and their smell back. And so that was one thing that we noticed from them. So make sure you guys are hitting up Breathe Fume, F-U-M. There's no E at the end. And make sure you guys are using our promo code and check them out. You guys, I think you will love it for sure. Go to www.breathefume. And like Josh said, no E at the end. It's breathefumefum.com slash weighing in and use the code weighing in for your 10% off on your order today. Us, right. man. Where do you want to start? You want to start at the top? You want to start at the bottom? Talk to me. Let's start. The we got to start. Let's the start at the bottom. Okay, go for yeah. it. Was there anything in there that you looked at that you go, "Wow, that was one that I thought was super"? Because I thought there was a couple of fights, and there was a couple that were not good, just like you know, in every show, just about. But there was a couple that were phenomenal. There's a couple things that happened in this show that I really liked what you know not that i like what i liked the way it was handled i liked you know mm-hmm. how the fighters dealt with it what they did um tell but, me which fight you're talking about well tell first what i want to well the first fight i want to talk about is i like mason jones this kid's tough but he takes too much damage <laughs> but <laughs> man he's tough he is just a junkyard dog because david onana came out and onama he looked good but he just couldn't stop Mason Jones getting into him, taking him down, all those things. And you just got to look and say, Mason Jones is just a junkyard dog that just keeps coming forward. And he's tough. You know, I'm, He may not be that guy that ends up at the top of the heap, but he's always going to be that guy that you say, that's a guy I will watch every time because he just comes to fight. So for me, <clears throat> that was the fight that you liked because it was good. Oh, no, there's another one I like more than that, but I, that's the one I was starting off with. <clears throat> what? Okay, so that was when you're starting. The one that I really want, that I really cared for, obviously, was the Grant. The, I, the was Dwight Grant and Trinaldo. <clears throat> you, you don't want me to talk about that one. We need to talk about that because there was so much controversy in that fight. What's Okay, well, I, you tell me, tell me the controversy. Are you talking there, about the fouls? Yeah, the, the, first off, there was no controversy. Dwight lost the fight. I'm going to say yes. that. Like, there was no okay. controversy. He That's, lost the fight. Okay, thank you. We can talk all you want because I'm going to sit here okay. and go, you're going to go no, your no. home around, and I'm going to tell you, no, no dude. No, no, no. I'm not going the home route. Okay. No, I'm no, I, I'll normally go the home route, you know, but, but I, I, I will. But I'm normally, like, I'm pretty good about being honest with myself. My buddy <laughs> lost his fight. Dwight Grant lost the fight. He lost, I thought he lost every round. The, uh, because the he doesn't. Round, he doesn't, doesn't pull the trigger. Enough. Yeah. It's like, yeah. dude, you've got to throw. And he's got power, too. That's the thing that's scary. Like, you wouldn't know power. it. He just doesn't. Th- yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He has no. Like, I, I didn't think he's his takedown defense has not gotten any better, by the way. It's gotten worse, I think. And then Ronaldo got, got back, behind him multiple mm, times. Man, I know. It was like. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he's down at uh, in San Diego. They get Alliance now, so or it's not Alliance. It's called something else now. I think, but whatever. Anyways, he's down in San Diego. I think he he, do, he doesn't look like the same fighter, but he's got some power, man. He's got power. He's he's uh, he he's got a, a good toolbox in terms of jujitsu, but it doesn't show it. I don't know what he's been doing as of lately, but it doesn't look the same. I'm not knocking the, the coaches and trainers that he has now, but he just doesn't look as as refined as he used to. He also looks like he's lacking a little bit of confidence. But overall, I like they had some good exchanges, but Trinaldo was just able to beat him out of the exchanges, and he was landing the cleaner, harder shot out of the exchanges. So if the last thing the ref sees That's is you exactly getting hit, okay, cool. Then you're the one that lost that exchange. I don't care well, if you landed two. I think they, if you're going to look and you're going to be, in, and you're telling me that you know Dwight's got power, you wouldn't know it by what he was throwing, okay? Yeah. But if you're not going to give me power, give me volume. But when and, and Trinaldo wasn't throwing a ton, but when he was throwing, they were hard. He was throwing with power. He was trying to put some heat on it. And he, when they were landing, it's like oh, that stung him a little bit. And Dwight's got to respond with, "Okay, I got to touch. I got to start touching you up then." And it just at, at a certain point, he almost stopped all of his offense, you know, and is just moving around and giving feints. And it's like, dude, you have got to throw, and he just didn't do yeah. it. We know there was an there was an exchange in there where he got a takedown and his ground and pound is nasty. Where where Dwight Grant's ground and pound is good. It's it's good. He's got he can do it from far. He's got long arms. He can he can yeah. ground and pound from standing position. He's good. And he he had rocked Ronaldo a couple times from that top position. If I'm the coach, I'm going, hey, if you can get an easy takedown, get back to the top position and to posture it. up and let it go. Because he had a that was his most success. If you go back and watch the fight. His most success was during that moment. Yeah. He had rocked him. I think it was like he had rocked him a little bit there on the, on the ground. I'm like, take him down again, posture over him, and just let it go. It just he, there was no there was no fight IQ. There was no like, hey, there was nothing from the coaches. Like, let's get a takedown. Let's mix this up because the feet's not working right now. You know, let's make it different. Just they didn't make the change. So, yeah. what I think one one of the things that I think with Ronaldo too, you know, coming from 155 to 170. It's always in the back, you know, you know, am I going to do well here? I think the 170 move has been great for him. First off, he's not killing himself in the weight <clears> cut. And the other part yeah. is he's got gas, you know, and he's strong. Yeah. The guy's strong. Oh, yeah. He's got power in his hands. So I think it's been a great thing for him. The one fight I want to talk about, Gregory Rodriguez against Park. Man, that was a back and forth. Park had his moments where he was putting it on Gregory, and Gregory comes back and, and finishes him. I like that guy, man. He's tough. Every time I watch him now, man, he puts on a great show. So he's a guy that I'll, I'll enjoy watching all the time. I thought both of them really, they put it out there. It was fun to watch. There was a lot of excitement. Good fight. So let me ask you this. <clears throat> With Choi and uh, Caceres. You're going all the way up there. You, yes, I am. What do you do with Caceres now? Like he's what five or mean? six, he's five and six and zero. Oh. What do you do with him now? He doesn't beat the top guys, but he beat, but he's beating these guys. He, he's he's also got a lot of confidence right now. You can see, but he was he's getting fighting. pieced up though. He was power wise, he was getting hurt. Fight. Well, I and, and here's we were just talking about Grant mm -hmm. and Trinaldo. Here's the difference in that fight with you know Choi. They were both throwing and both landing. But mm -hmm. it was obvious, as you're looking at it, that Choi had the power. He was yeah. landing the heavier shots, and they were, you know, at times, you know, put 
Caceres down, you know, snapping his head back at times. But Caceres kept in, and the vault, you know, he was he was putting his out there, but Choi was winning. You know, you had the the illegal knee, and I thought Jason Herzog did a great job. He handled that perfectly, and you got to love Caceres because <laughs> you know that feeling when Caceres got hit with it. He almost you know he kind of spun, and you know then he got up. And kind of had that, you know, he starts circling like, hey, you know, mother, motherfucker, yeah. you know, it's like one of those, you can't do that, you know, and he wanted to fight right away. And I, I like that. I like the fact that Jason slowed it down, gave him time to recover from it, and that he took the point. He even could have taken two, because if you're looking at it, this is the same situation as Peter Yan against Aljamain Sterling in that did Choi intentionally throw that knee yes he did you know for whatever reason he thought he was timing it and that Caceres was going to be in the up position you made a mistake in that but the knee was thrown intentionally so if you have that and you go ah, <clears throat> you intentionally threw that that's a two point because it's it, it it hit him and it hit him hit him well I'm not saying that it hurt him badly but it definitely hit him and hit him flush and it was intentionally thrown. So he could have taken two points because under the rules, if you have what you say that was intentionally done and it had an impact, it had a you know damage in any way, it's automatic. You must take two points. So Jason took the one. It was great, great job by what he did. But I love the attitude of Alex Caceres. And I like look at I will watch Alex Caceres fight anytime because he's fun. He's got a great attitude, he's got respect for his opponent. He's got great skills. He he moves really well, and he's he's fluid in the way that he attacks. And he doesn't have a ton of power, but he brings those his kicks up really fast. He hit Choi with some good shots, and Choi shows yeah, he he's he's got a chin. He's got a chin. He's got a chin. But you know that's five fights in a row for Caceres. So you've got yeah. to start to put him. You got to start to put him in that upper echelon of hey, I got to give you somebody. I got to give you somebody good and let's see what you do. Is this the time that you're going to start to make, you know, that move? Because, you know, every fighter's got that maybe, you know, two-year period where they just start to feel it and that confidence is building. And right now, Alex Caceres' confidence is at an all-time high. His last loss was against, you know, Crone, who I don't give a shit. If Crone gets your back, you're in trouble. Yeah. Let's just be honest. I don't care how good you think you are at jiu-jitsu. Unless you are one of the top guys in the world, you're gonna have a hard time stopping everything he does. So John, he Sarah's, could he could have just he could have just taken the win. Huh? He Caceres could have just taken the win. That was in round two. Uh, he got need oh. illegally. He could have just <laughs> taken the win. See, no, could not because that's not what he knew. You know, I I love what he did. Stop that! Stop that, Josh Thompson. John, jo Josh Thompson, stop that. <laughs> No, you're right, John. He went out there and earned his win the right way. That's good right. Stuff. He did. I like that. God bless him. I like that stuff. No, good stuff, man. I mean, I honestly, I was, I'm glad he took the amount of time he needed to rest up. He took the time yeah. and he got ready and he came back and, and things like that happen for a reason. I mean, I feel like, like, Hey, he went out yeah. there, he fought. Sometimes you come out on top. Sometimes you don't, but he, he fought a good fight. It was, I felt like you said with the power, he was getting pieced, but it, Choi's stand up a little bit cleaner and crisper. Whereas Caceres was sure he was faster and getting there with the first punch, but, but then the power, straight. 
yeah, things weren't as straight. They were a little bit more loopy. But his fucking ground game was quick. He as soon as he was able to dip out to the back, he jumped with those hooks and it was in. It was in quick. Oh yeah. And I was like, Bass. oh shit, here we go. Here yeah. we go. My man. My man. Right here. My yeah. Boom. So good stuff. It was a good it was a good uh, exchange that by was, him. Well, we had talked, you know, I think the last time we talked, we talked about this show. I said this is the fight I want to see. And they yeah. they proved why. That it was entertaining throughout. They both were getting their moments. You know, I think Choi was absolutely you know obviously the the point deduction made the first round a nine nine you know because Choi won the round but yeah. you know what it was entertaining and they were both getting their times i i enjoyed the whole thing i think and great win by caceres and i do think you need to put him up you know dave what's what's the top 10 in the 145s right now for the ufc you know it's a great division but right Troy now in that Troy was in that mix, I think, at number nine or something like that, wasn't he? Was he nine? I think nine or ten. Five, I think he was somewhere in that mix. Mm, I didn't think Troy was in there. No. He's not? No, he's not. No. Nine is okay. Ige and ten is Barbosa. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Giga, Giga is at eight. But, I mean, you got to take a look and say, you know, at this time, you got to put, you know, I, Shane Burgos is 14. Not Ooh. sure that, you know, that's, huh? that's I said, not sure that that's a great fight for Cassandra. Based upon again power, he can move around and stuff. You know, Yusuf is in there at twelve. The size of Burgos but, is fucking nasty. Oh no, dude, he's huge for that fucking weight class. But I don't know. You know, Topuria is in there at number fifteen. You got to start. You got to put him in against one of them. You know, somewhere, somewhere from you know number fifteen to number ten. Bryce Mitchell that would be a fun give, fight. Give him Giga. Giga would be a fun fight. Because if he takes Giga down, he finishes Giga. He could. I've seen he some. Could. I mean, not he could. He could. I'm he sorry. Could. It doesn't mean he he's would. have a hard time getting him down. Giga's gonna fight hard for that position. You know, on the feet, obviously Giga's gonna walk through hands and feet. But the speed and the 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 length might give him the a little bit of a factor. Elusive, elusiveness for a little bit. You know, but he's gonna have to focus a lot on getting the fight to the ground. If he can't get to the ground, he's in a lot of trouble. Yeah, so, and, and and the other thing is, let's be honest. Alex, never cut your hair. Ever. Don't ever go back to short hair. You keep that uh, hair the way it is. It's awesome. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> it's crazy. Get stuck in guillotines. No, <laughs> you can't pop out. All right, what's uh what other fight? Well, just you know, Jesse Rose Clark had a very dominant fight, you know, very yeah. smart fight against, you know, Jocelyn Edwards, but a lot of people aren't gonna give her credit for, you know, she didn't finish. It's like can't always finish. Oh gosh. Well, you know, was they, off for, wasn't she off for two years? She didn't fought in like yes. two years. Well, you're, like that, right? you're a little over a year. It wasn't two years. I know. Okay. You know, I know. Michael Bisping was saying that in the commentary and stuff. But I think it was a little over a year, but still, long okay. time. I thought she came back. She performed really well against a tough person. And hey, that's onward to the next one. She's proved she's she's got skills and her ground game is she's tough on the ground game. Got it. So. And that was a good win for her. Let's talk about the fight. Grant Dawson against Ricky Glenn. That was a great performance for two rounds by Grant Dawson. He was like freaking white on rice, you know, yeah. over Ricky Glenn. And Ricky Glenn is good in the ground. Man, he just, just doing everything. Great performance in those first two rounds. But it's the third round we got to talk about. Yeah, because well, you, you know, the third round, you, you got to talk about the last second or two. Well, not only that, <laughs> that's, 
Yeah. But, well, okay. That that round. How much offense did Grant Dawson have in the third round? Nah, not much. Not much. Couple zero. What, not, thir- yeah, 30, couple 35, shots, 40 yeah. seconds. Thirty-five, forty yeah. seconds of the yeah the beginning of the round. After that, yeah, nothing. Yeah. He got dominated. Okay, dominated in positioning. Dominated by the shots, and some of the shots he took were heavy. They were big. All the things that were happening here, and then the last bit, we have a Darce choke that is put on him, and he. I don't give a shit. I love when people say, "You had his thumb up." Do you know how many people I've had put their thumb up and go unconscious? <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? You know, and, and it's not, and this is the thing, you know, you listen to people and they drive me crazy, Josh, because, oh, it's a Darce choke, you know, and if he doesn't go out, then it didn't work. Are you freaking nuts? The round ended, okay? Yeah. And let me put you in a Darce choke because I've had three neck operations based upon a Darce choke. Okay, a Darce choke will crank the fuck out of your neck at times. Does it not? Yeah, it does. It and, does. And so, you know, you look and you go, that was a 10. That's a picture perfect 10-8 round. And we have a judge go 10-9. And that judge happens to be the same judge that we have had doing Bellator fights from a certain place that we were at the whole time, oh, always geez. coming up with wacko score so i want to credit the state of nevada and the nevada state athletic commission for actually bringing him in and allowing him to try to ruin ufc fights like he tries to ruin peltor fights oh geez just be honest i didn't know it was that same ref because i couldn't hear it i was just watching it not a ref it's a judge quit calling him a ref sorry judge whatever they're all the same they're all cut from the same cloth (laughs) they're all idiots right they're all just (laughs) that's why it's me man the worst cloth ever (laughs) (laughs) um oh i didn't know that because i couldn't hear i just just knew what the scores were i didn't sorry i didn't even know what the scores were because i didn't hear it i just saw the finish of the fight scores were 29 28 by that judge giving it to grant dawson and two judges going 28 28 because they gave both the first and the second round to grant dawson 10 9 Mm. and they gave the third round to ricky glenn like they should have at 10-8. And it should have been just a draw. It was a majority draw. At least the right thing happened for the fighters. But when you find out that, you know, that judge said, well, you know, yeah, the Darce choke didn't work. I'm not going to count it. It's like, did you see him at the end? Did you see him as he was exhausted and he tries to actually sit up and he falls back? See, because you've never been in that and you don't know, let me please put it on you because I want to crank the fuck out of your neck and make you understand what that guy was putting up with and what was occurring it's a travesty that we have officials that don't understand what they're looking at travesty it's like some some of our media anyways it's a uh, look i i think uh, i wanted to talk to you more about the fact that as soon as he let go of the choke mm-hmm Dawson's head like just went limp on the map yep. for a split second. Yep. And you know why? Yeah, I know why. He's but right shouldn't there. The, shouldn't the fight have been called then? Yeah, because if he's he does, he does there, this, John. but he comes. Yeah, it's, he's right at it. But can you say 
100% that he was out. This, when this your body is, goes limp hold, like hold, that. Hold, 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 hold. This is your benchmark. Josh, mm-hmm. can you say 100% he was out? And there are times that you can. Okay? And this time, you can't say it. Yeah. He was right there. He's right wow. there. But you can't say 100% he was out. Can't say it. And there's Clenching too many the times. And, you know, and there's been, you know, you remember when uh, Ricky uh, Simon fought uh, Durab? No, I don't. I'm sorry. I said Durab. Murab. I'm going with his last name. Murab uh, okay. Davashili. And that there was a moment he he goes out. He's out. And it's 100%. He's out. And then he's, he's back. And it's like, okay. no, he went out. And the fight went to... Ricky Simon, like it should have. This one, you look and you go, I can't say it was 100%. So if I can't say it was 100%, I can't say that he gets the win. So I thought the draw yeah, was the I right mean, call. I don't know. I don't know either guy personally. So it was. I liked how it was shaping up, especially towards the end there. 10 eights, I, I definitely warrant the 10 8, 100%. I was just wondering on that border of like when you see the guy's head go limp and it hits the canvas and it kind of like wakes him up a little bit and he rolls to yeah. his back. And he yeah. lays there for a second or two. Right no, there. Dude, get up. You got to get up. And, you know, and it's like it took him, a, what, five, six seconds to get up? Yep. Maybe even a little bit longer. I mean, I don't know. How long is too long? How long are we giving the guy? I mean, well, are we going to pitch a tent in the lawn chair and be like, yeah, anytime <laughs> he gets up, it's it's fair game. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> you know, and, I, and you know, and I know exactly what Grant Dawson was feeling. And you're seeing those. Yeah, yeah. The little, the little lights, the little, the, yeah. The, yeah, like the little fireflies are going, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But this goes yeah. back. Do you remember Matt Hughes when he when he first fought Carlos Newton? Carlos Newton. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of people are like, he was out. It's like, no. He, he what? Was he right there? Yes. But he's holding his body up, too. What is that telling you? He's not yeah, out. Not yeah, he's... He, there's no one, no one really functioning well in that situation, and he's kind of like... Rrr. But Carlos Newton is out. That's why it stays that way, and, it, and it's tough. But 100%, then it's a draw. If you can't yeah. say it's 100%, he gets the win. Just the way yeah. it works. All right. All right, let's – I mean, Herzog was very uh, – what do I say? Liberal with the with the point deductions. <laughs> the I didn't think he was, was liberal at all. I thought he was good. Uh, he was taking off left and right. Oh, look, like, dude, oh, we're, I, I'm putting it to me. I, you can give say whether me. you – was it – I'm taking a point or I'm number one. Yeah, it was it was your turn, I'm taking a point. Your turn, I'm taking a yeah. point. Your turn. I'm taking oh, points shoot. from all of you people. It was it yeah, was it he was. did a great job. Yeah. And so okay, so let's get into the main event then. God, what a fight. What a fight. I mean, John, it was okay. I wasn't very impressed. No, I'm, guys, I'm totally kidding. Calm down, okay? <laughs> I know you guys are about to just go off on this big rampant bullshit, like, oh, he's such a homer, he's this and that. It was a an, it was an amazing fight. It was it was really good. I think also too what made it even better, John, was all the drama right before with the weight cut situation. Vittori, Vittori getting rocked with the head kick. Like it was like all that stuff started piling up. The power shots obviously coming from from Paulo Costa just being like, <sighs> man, he was so fast and explosive. Just doesn't have excuse me, just doesn't have it for the whole amount of time. It was a really, really good fight. But Marvin Vittori, look, I didn't have, honestly, like, I thought he was good. I didn't have a lot of, like, 
oh, like he's going to be champion one day. That kid's a dog. Oh, he is a dog. Like he, when I talk about guys being dogs, like I talked about DC and Kane and Fedor earlier in this show. Fuck, he's right there. He's right there with them. He's Man. a dog. He took some heavy, heavy shots. Heavy kept coming shots. forward, and then he then he delivered him himself. What I what I was like I was like wanted to see more out of him was more of the body kick or more of the more punching and then finishing with a kick because Paulo Costa kept backing out with his hands down. So I wanted to see him more with the finishing with the kick to the body because Paul Costa also reaches out with his hands a little he bit. Also or he also shells keeps up a lot, yeah, which opens up the high. body right above the hip. It opens up the body there as well. So those oh, are the yes. two things that you can do um, when you have someone that fights like that. But man, Vittori, I'm, I'm, I mean, honestly, after all the, the week and not making weight, saying 195, then 205, and then, you know, all that stuff, I'm like, yeah. Karma's a bitch. Like I just, I get so frustrated with fighters that just don't like you don't make weight. Well, you don't the, take the, this serious, and I, I, that's a blatant disrespect, so, John. For athletes, I hate man. social media. I hate social media. <laughs> I went when when that whole thing first started. I said, "Hey, man, if you're not a fan of Marvin Vittori, you better be yeah. because this is a guy who is he's getting screwed." Okay. Oh, yeah. He's getting screwed by his opponent because his opponent's playing games that he's he's not allowed to play. Someone's supposed to stop it, all right? But it wasn't happening because they wanted the the fight to go on, and I don't blame them at all for that. Yeah. Okay, they want that main event, and they should. But you know, I had I had so many people coming back and saying, "You're going to see, you know, you know, Marvin Vittori is going to eat it. You know, Paulo's going to beat him." And I'm like. Okay, whatever you think, that's fine. And then there was ones talking about, you know, the whole thing with, you know, this is, this is the UFC pulling this. Like, well, the UFC has nothing to do. They don't want a guy to miss way. What are you? Are you crazy? No. But it was beautiful to see a guy, mentally strong, said, "I don't care what weight." First, it was one ninety five because he agreed to one ninety five. Yeah. I personally. If I was Marvin at that time, I you know I said I would have said I'll do it at 190. I'll give you five pounds, okay, no problem, because I want you to have to suffer. I want you to have to you know kill yourself to get down to the weight. And then when I know you can't, okay, now after you've tried, okay, 195. Okay, I'll just keep on bumping it up five pounds because I'm going to play the mind games back. I'm going to make you suffer. The other thing that people were talking about is. Well, you know, I would give Vittori respect, but he's, you know, he's taking money from Costa. No, he's not. He didn't take any money from Costa. And I know that a report came out saying that when they agreed to fight at 205 at light heavyweight and Costa weighs in at 204 and a half, he made weight. Athletic Commission can't take money from him. Now, that doesn't mean that the UFC can't actually increase the pay of Marvin Vittori to actually move it up to light heavyweight. They can always increase his pay, but it's not coming out of Costa's pocket. No, no, I think you might be wrong because Vittori came out and said that <clears throat> he got 20% of his purse, and he's like, he wasn't getting paid enough anyways. But then they wanted to take more, and then Paulo Costa said, no, I'm not. He's like, I won't fight then if you take more. You can't, like, I'm you, off. Can't, you can't take it. He did not miss weight. Yeah. No, the original contracted weight was 185. But it they doesn't matter. The contract. It, yes, they do. Trust me. No, they changed what, it to what? 195. And then they didn't make. Then he didn't make. He wasn't going to make it. They left it at 195, so he lost 20 percent of his purse. 
That's what I, that's what Vittori said in the interview after or, uh, right before, or sorry, no, it was afterwards. It was afterwards he said that in the interview. So okay. I, I, there's somewhere, somewhere. I don't know. I'm just somewhere there. That's I, I, wrong. The interview because okay. I want. I, what did Vittori weigh in at? They both weighed in right uh, on two hundred five. Yeah. Yeah, two hundred five, yeah. two hundred four and a half. So then Vittori missed weight too. You understand? Interesting. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't. But I'm just this telling is, you. I I saw the interview uh, with Vittori. Yeah. He said, "Guess that. what? Yeah." And he's. So. I'm not saying anything. The commission can't take money from someone that actually makes the weight in the Got weight it. class that they are going to fight in. Vittori mm-hmm. weighed in at the same weight. The UFC can give money, and I'm yeah. sure they did, and they should have, because Marvin was being. A team player and he was you know trying to you know make the fight happen and uh he he was the guy that was getting screwed here but they should give him more but the athletic commission didn't take any money based upon a mate a, a weight miss by costa can't mm-hmm. do it he didn't miss weight yeah that's Vittori does say, say that he took home 30 percent of costa's fight purse yeah that wasn't costa's fight purse that may have been the ufc giving him more money but the athletic commission, first off, doesn't take thirty percent. Well, let me ask you this: Could they, Which they have? Should. Could they have when they readjusted the contract? Could they have said, "Hey, this percentage of your purse is going to Vittori, even if you make yes. weight at two hundred five"? So then Good. they really didn't pay more out of their own pocket. They just structured the contract, saying, "Hey, we're going to take Good. this from you at thirty yeah. percent, and then we're going to give Absolutely. it to, to Vittori." Yes. Okay. That's so the UFC has a promotion doing it, not the athletic commission yeah. doing it. Got it. Okay, so that's Absolutely. probably what he was talking about. That's probably what Vittoria was talking about because he said, like, Costa said, if you take any more of my money, he's like, I just won't fight. And then, <laughs> that's what he said. And then the UFC's like, he's like, so yeah, he, and because that's what Vittori talked on. He goes, he's like, yeah, he's like, they were telling me that I was going to get more money if he missed weight by much more. And then he's like, well, if you take more of my money, he's like, I'm not fighting. And then he's like, well, shit, I just did all this training. I want to fight. So... I mean, I understood. Like, it's one of those shitty situations to be in. But let's just be honest: the UFC is never going to have cost to be the main event again. At least, if they do, it won't. It yeah. won't be for a long time, and it'll be maybe at two hundred five. Two hundred five. Yeah, they're, they're just not going to have it. Go ahead. Dana did say last night in the post that he will not let him. He's only going to let him fight at two hundred five going forward. Yeah. Yeah, which means I they're going to try to get rid of him. They're not. That's that's one thing that. When you fuck up like that and then utilize your position of power, which you're in the main event, to to screw over the UFC and the amount of money they've put to market you and, and yep. make you a star, there oh, you go. man, you just screwed yourself. I want you to hear yourself because right now, the guy who says, I always side with the fighters, you're not siding with the fighter. <laughs> Um, I'm siding with Marvin Vittori. Marvin Vittori course, did everything yeah. he did. He was he, oh, he did the right thing. He did the right thing. Paul Acosta, he actually burned the fighters in that situation. Hell he made yeah. it worse. So what he's done now is he's laid groundwork for how how they will handle it for future fighters that miss weight and have these issues. Anthony Johnson was the first guy to kind of do that. You know, at least the guy, first guy that I can remember not really making weight and being such a star, you know, the uphill was for him. Like he only had the way it was to go up was Anthony Johnson, you know, um, but Paul Costa took it to another level. You never heard Anthony Johnson go, well, yeah, well, screw it. Then I just won't fight. Anthony always wanted to fight. He always tried to make the weight. This guy didn't even try to make the weight. And then he just said, I won't fight. You know, he just said, I won't fight. If you take any more of my money, I just won't fight. That that to me is just like that's sticking not just to the fighter. 
That's telling the promotion, I don't give a shit what you've done for me. That's not a good look, man. That's I, no. I, yeah, you're right. I'm always on the side of the fighter. That's I can't be on the side of that. That that's no. not. You're not. You're not being. You're not being a good sportsman. That's one. Not to, like to your you're not doing to your the job. You're supposed to, you're your not job. Doing your job. That's true as well, John. That was very well put. I'm glad. I'm glad I have you here for those type of words of wisdom. <laughs> it's true. You're like you sign like, and that's one thing. Like that's what I like when I talk about Scott Coker. He's like, look, my job is to promote you. Your job is to train as hard as you can, make weight, show up and fight. Well, you have a four rule system, don't you? Don't yeah, you three have rule. one? Yeah, three, three rule. rule. You have a three rule system. See, that's how good I am with the rules. Okay, right. so when you, your math has never three, been good. What's, but it's okay. What's the three rule system that you have in place? As a fighter, your your rules are this. First off, be on time. You know, there are other fighters that are you know hungry. You know, trying to cut weight, all these things. If you're supposed to be somewhere, don't make other fighters wait upon you because it's going to, yeah. in the end, it's going to start causing you problems to be on time. That's that's your responsibility. Second one is make weight. If you sign the contract saying, I will make that weight, unless you are a one-week, you know, rollover that, you know, you're coming in last, last minute for them trying yeah. to make the weight and you don't, your job is to make the weight, make weight. Last thing is, Fight hard. I'm not even telling you you have to train, but when you go out and you step into that cage, fight as hard as you can because all of those people are paying their hard-earned money to watch you, and you owe them that. Fight hard. Yeah, if you got if you got two minutes in you, man, fucking two minutes the of best fury. two minutes of your life. Yeah, there you two go. minutes of your life. Yeah, just the, like when you're between the sheets, man. Give her the two minutes of the best <laughs> two minutes of your life. You haven't had That's two minutes of fury do. there for years. No, man, it's been years, bro. It's been years. <laughs> Done with that action. It's a fucking uh, race to the finish, is what it hell is. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> it's like a hundred yard dash. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I get there first. Sorry, baby. See you next time. Uh, I want again. Up in smoke. I want again. Hey, you're all the about winning. The champ is here. That's right. The champ is here. All right, Dave. Hey, let's get into some news. Well, actually, we're <laughs> going to do weighing on the odds today instead of news, and it's going to be right. um, the main event for UFC next weekend, which is um, Glover and Jan. All right, guys, go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne in with this QR code right here. They'll give you an extra twenty percent on all of your guys' in first investment. Your very first investment. They'll give you some extra spending cash. That extra spending cash is more money for you guys to to gamble on, to bet on, to bet on fights. Not just fights, but we've got football season is fully in effect now. Basketball season has just started. We've got hockey season coming around right now. It's also just started. And for me, I'm a big hockey guy, so I like to bet on my Washington Capitals, my San Jose Sharks. Got them Blackhawks in there. John with the Predators there in Tennessee. Guess what? You guys got no chance this year. You guys ain't doing too good. It's that long season, but hey. Go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code WAYNEIN, and they'll give you a little extra spending cash with that QR code right there, that direction right there. Click that QR code to get that little extra spending cash. Thankful to us, and we are thankful to you guys for using mybookie.ag, and that promo code is WAYNEIN, and use that QR code. Glover Teixeira versus Ooh. Jan Blahovich. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's. Okay, so I want to ask a question. This is an honest question. Okay, look, let's put all promotions to the side. I want to ask an honest question. All I heard was 
Jan is better than Corey. Okay, let's just say Jan's better than Corey. I'm okay with that, you guys. Like, look, if you if they fight if they fight 10 times, if I look at it as being 50-50. One's going to win five, probably the other one's going to win the other five. That's how I look at it. I'm not saying Corey Anderson's the best light heavyweight in the world. He's not even the best right now in his in his promotion. Okay, Nemkov is right now. But I'm simply saying, I think if you mash them since they've already fought, that they're 50-50. Let's just say they're 50-50. Both of them have gotten better since they fought last. Sure, Jan beat him closer to the situation. But if you match up and everyone's like, oh, well, you know, I said we're talking about the situation in terms of older fighters. Fedor had a great a great performance last night. Andre Orlovsky had a great performance, what, last week or the week before? Yeah. To, to, within the last two weeks. Who was the other fighter on that? Oh, uh, Jim Miller. Trinaldo. Well, great Trinaldo. performance. Yeah, Trinaldo, Trinaldo. also had What's a good Trinaldo? performance. What's Trinaldo, 43 or 44? Something like, yeah, he's old. Yeah, he's older too. So <clears throat> these guys, should, there's there's a couple that are diamonds in the roughs. Glover Teixeira, Glover Teixeira is one of those guys. He's made his way back to the title. This is his second title? Yep. Yeah, he lost shot. to John Jones. Okay, so his second, he lost to John. There's no shame in that. We all know that. Um, you know, we're having this conversation. People were knocking... People were knocking Corey saying that, you know, oh, he lost to so-and-so. He got knocked out by Jan. I said, now, okay. But now I'm going to say, like, is you're not. What happens now if Glover beats Jan? Are you guys going to say, oh, should should I come back as as an analyst or whatever you guys want to call me? Okay. A podcaster. You guys can call me a YouTube guy. I don't care. Okay. (laughs) But if I come back to you guys and say, hey, your guys' champion just lost to a 40-something-year-old. Like, that's see, that's the arguments that I'm getting. Or like that. Like, it seems very stupid. Look, in any given day. That's because like it is watch, stupid. It is stupid. In any given day, if you wipe all the promotions of the side, let's not even talk promotions, okay? Let's it's just talk promotions. It's about fighters. It's not. Let's talk, let's talk the fighter. Let's just talk the fighter only. Any given day, these guys at the top, number one, number two, number five, they can beat each other. To sit here and say that this guy, look, I would say the only time that it probably wasn't during that time was... Fedor when he was in his prime, John Jones when he was in his prime. There's guys throughout their career when they said, hey, this guy's like, no, there was a gap between that person at the top and the rest. Like Valentina Shevchenko right now in her weight class. Exactly. That's a great example, John. That's a perfect example. Like you go, oh, yeah, there's Valentina. Then there's like forever between you get to the next group of fighters that are there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not fair. It's, it's, it, I hate to say it that, is what but it's it the is. reality. It's yeah, the reality the, of it. And those, t- and when you get into these, when you get in these fighters, look, you guys, Glover to share is what? 43, 42, 43, 43, somewhere. I think he's 42, 43. I think he's 42, maybe 42. If he beats John, who's 38, I believe. You're going to tell me that a young Corey Anderson can't beat either one of those guys. That, to me, is just ridiculous. Nemkov could potentially beat both of those guys. Look, it's about the fighters. It might be 41. And stylistically, between these fighters, they make matchups. That's what happens. Stylistically, some guys will serve better than others. I think Corey Anderson serves up. I think he serves very well to beat Nemkov. His style, his feints, his speed, his wrestling. I think he can beat Nemkov. Okay. Oh, but I he also, can. but I, he can, yeah. but Nemkov mm-hmm. can beat him. Yes, exactly. I, I agree with that, but I'm going to lean, I'm going to lean more towards Corey Anderson, just where I'm going to, you can tell John's leaning towards Nemkov. I'm leaning towards Corey. Okay. Cause I, I'm, I, I support Cause you're what? The, I support the Americans. <laughs> I, I thought, okay, there you go. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, man. I'm walking I just, no, out I, I to think, the Hulk Hogan song. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think, I think Corey has the speed. To, to be able to beat 
with the wrestling as well, if he gets on top of the ground, I think he can be able to do it. Um, don't get me wrong. It can go both ways. But that, I look at the same thing when I look at these two. When I look at Glover Teixeira, okay, and I look at Jan, on the feet, I think Jan's Glover's got, got good advantage. enough boxing on the feet. Huh? Jan has the advantage. Jan has the advantage in power. I would give Glover's got a decent amount in technique. He's got a little very tight boxing as well. He can hit him, but I don't know if he can rock him and hurt him. I don't think he can. He could, obviously, at this weight, anyone can be hurt and rocked in that scenario and situation. But when I'm having this conversation, I think when I'm talking about both of these guys, they are so evenly matched. If Glover gets his fight to the ground, he can finish him quick. Side choke. Like, he's got a lot of top-level pressure, ground and pound, just wears on you heavy hips. I mean, everyone that I've ever talked to that's trained with him, Chuck Liddell being one of them, he's like, gosh, man, this guy's so good. Dude, you know, he just he missed I, out on his prime because he had visa problems getting there. That's right. So I don't want I just don't want people to take away. Like, I could be a total asshole. And that's what I'm trying. I'm, try, I'm trying to get away from that. And I'm trying to say, like, if Jan loses to Glover, I'm going to be like, oh, you guys, you guys' champion lost to a 41 or 42-year-old. God, there's no way he's beaten any of our prime guys in Bellator. See how dumb that logic sounds? We know, I know how good fucking Glover is. Glover I know how good Jan is. I know nope. how good these other guys are. You're, the logic doesn't make any sense. If you take away the promotions, you can't, you've got to just look at the fighters. I think your arguments, I think everyone's arguments will be different. Based the on promotion's that. not That's fighting. That's all I got to say. The promotion's yeah. not fighting. Uh, it's the fighter, and, and you know, let's. I've known Glover for, goddamn, fifteen, maybe twenty years now. Yeah, uh, I knew Glover when he was trying to, you know, get into the states to fight and stuff, and he was having problems. John Hackleman did a great job with Glover in getting his stand up, as far as him being able to deliver power at certain times and making it much tighter. He tightened up Glover's, you know, stand up and his offense. And Glover, the one thing about Glover, let's be honest, I believe that Jan's power can hurt Glover. I'm not so mm -hmm. sure that Glover in the stand up, not that he can't hurt Jan, I don't think he can put him away. He can put him down. And if he puts him down, Jan's got problems. Now, look, Jan's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu also, but I'm just telling you, their black belts are at different levels. No different than, you know, my black belt is going to be different than your black belt. It's just the way it is. It's not, you That's know. That's true, John. Yeah, of course it's true. <laughs> and I'm honest about it, okay? See, so, but no, it is it is the truth. John when, got that 1980s jiu-jitsu. <laughs> I got old stuff. It's all, but, at, least I got, at least I got 2004 jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the truth, you know. Like, I, I've, I've screwed around with, you know, uh, Glover. And I will tell you, his top pressure is immense when you're talking about a guy taking and putting shoulder pressure in your neck and stuff it's everything within you to sit there and not tap because it's like jesus christ man and you're trying to move yourself to get that relief of the pressure this guy can create a top pressure that not many fighters can create that same level a lot can create a pressure but it's not at the same level and if yawn ends up underneath glover i guarantee you he's going to have problems because of what Glover can do on the ground. Not that Jan's not good there, but if I'm looking at the stand-up game here, Jan has the advantage. I think he's got the power, and he can, yeah. he's can he got the power that can put Glover out with one shot. Um, both of them have good technical stand-up skills. Goes to the ground, Jan will never, ever 
unless he unless he has Glover to the point where he's knocked out, ever get a submission against Glover, where Glover can definitely submit Jan. I'm just being honest, yeah. you know. That's just the no, way I it agree. is. So I agree. They, they both have their strengths. I don't like to use that word never because then that yeah, usually bites true. me in the ass. Yeah, but it's probably I, I would, bite I, would me in I, I get I, I get very close to where you're at. I don't see Yawn really getting a submission. I mean, he'd have to be like you said, rocked in a lot of trouble, Bad. and he just jumps on the neck. But I yep. also don't think Yawn's going to go for a submission if he's got no. him rocked and hurt on the ground. I don't either. So. So what are the odds? Because, hey, we're going to do this segment called Weighing In on the Odds. So this is our special segment that we do for Weighing In. That's the reason, Weighing In on the Odds. But let's uh, let's go to mybookie.ag. We're going to check out. Use the promo code Weighing In. And you guys can also use that little uh, QR code that we have that you guys show. But then check it out. What are the odds, John, on this? Right now, the odds, you got Glover at plus 220. And you have, I want to say, Jan is minus 280. Yes, so my, I'm gonna. I mean, I, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Glover. I knew you were I'm going just, to say that. I'm just gonna be on. I'm gonna be on. The reason why I'm gonna take Glover is because look, the upside on it, and the money, and the chance, and the opportunity for him to win if this fight hits the ground, it's there. And I think if they did hit the ground, Yawn, I'm not Yawn, but Glover has one of the best, if not the best, side choke in the game. Oh. The only other guy that I've ever seen hit the side choke better than him was Shaolin Robera, who was someone who just he just hit it from everywhere. He hit it from now, yeah. he hit it from side Did he control. do it from underneath? He hit it from half. He hit it, yeah, he could hit he it did. from everywhere. He's so good. Yeah. So when I look back at like guys that had the best, he was the best in the game. But then I would say Glover's number two for sure. And he does it. He does it from everywhere, man. He's because of the pressure. There. It's yeah, that squeeze when, that he has. <clears throat> And when the wrestling and the wrestling category, I give it to Glover also in terms of being able to get this fight potentially to the ground. It's the ex- it's the exchanges on the feet where he has to get in to get the takedown. That scares me because Jan's yep. got the more power. He's probably a little bit faster. Glover has sh- slowed down. And I, I don't know if we're going to see, like if Glover loses this fight, we may not see him fight again. I think he this is his last run. If he wins, obviously he'll defend the title. Yep. He'll carry on for as long as he can. But I think if you go back and watch the Anthony Smith fight with Glover, <clears throat> he was getting pieced up. He can't afford to take those kind of shots in the first round. Not against Jan. Yeah, he can't afford that. And so if he does get those shots, he'll be he'll be knocked out. But if he gets his fight on the ground, if you go back and you watch round two of Anthony Smith or Glover. Or, or Thiago. Yeah, or Thiago, exactly. Look at, look, at, watch, look at what happened on the ground. And once the fight hits the ground, I think you're going to see a repeat of something like that, where Glover just gets on top and he just mauls you, mauls you like a bear. He gives a look. If I was to say, very similar to like a Khabib style, like just on top of you and just pressure and just punches and shots and just overwhelms you with just that hip pressure and control. It's hard. It's hard to beat. And big guys, like you have to also remember that big guys have a hard time getting up off the lightweights. They can turn their back. They can defend. They can, they're faster about the escapes. These big guys, man, they move like molasses when they hit the ground. It's like turtles on their back, just flopping side to side, trying to okay, get up. Okay, there like you, you go. <laughs> you ever seen John trying to get out of bed? It's ridiculous. He's Dude, just it's, like, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. He's just trying to get. Yeah, I have to like. And the fact he, that you're saying that you've seen me get out of bed, that's even worse. Yeah, that's a little scary too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you tilt a little bit one way, and then I try to push you hard the other way to see if you just roll and flop out. But that's the best we can do. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Glover because if what do you say two eighty he's plus two eighty he's plus two twenty okay Meaning so if I bet a hundred hundred bu- hundred bucks down to win two twenty I would take that I would take that because I think I think he's got a good chance of winning 
Uh, especially if this fight hits the ground in a five round fight the chances if he can survive that first round the longer this fight goes the more chances glover has of getting this fight to the ground yeah, over under over under is two and a half rounds and 150 minus 115 for the over and plus no that's a minus, minus one minus on both for the over 115 over and wow. under so yeah that's not a bet i'd probably take you know, I look at it, if I was going to say in this fight, I'd probably go the under. You know, I just think that you know, something's going to happen yeah. either with, yeah, you know, the, yeah. The, the the punching power of Jan, the submission game of uh, Glover. You know, it's only going to take just that much. So, I don't know. Yeah. But I kind of like, I, I, I'm being a homer. Like I said, I've, I've, known, I've known Glover forever. I want him to win the fight. I'm just being honest because... It's Glover, someone I know, yeah. and I, I, I care about him, and he's a great guy, and uh, this is his chance to get the title. Nothing against Jan. He's a fantastic fighter. I really like what he's doing right now, and he's he's on a high, and he's on that. When you know, when I talk about you know, guys will have that you know two-year period where they just, oh, yeah. everything's flowing for him. And right now, everything's been flowing for Jan, and we'll see if it continues on. Yeah, this is what I also, he, Jan's 38 years old. This is around that time when things just start yeah. to go south. And even though, sure, he's on a roll, he's on a, but it only takes one fighter to figure you out, and then all of a sudden it's back down, and you can't get a win after that. Or you just struggle to beat guys that you should have been beaten previously. So, but his um, confidence this is, is really high right now. It is. It is very high. <clears throat> uh, we saw it in some tweets you did to Corey Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you uh, know, all right, I, I have I have no problem with any of that, and I, and I expect I that. I think it's fun. From I, Jan. I expect it from Corey. I, I kind of like it. And I think that's exactly yeah. what the sport needs is this is mm. not about promotions. It's about the fighters. Yeah. And those guys would like to do that trilogy match. And hopefully yeah. someday those things will occur. Yeah, I'd like to see that trilogy match. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Dave, give us some news. What do you got? We got one or two. What do we have? How many stories we got? Yeah, so we're all a bit over right now. Do you want to keep? Do you want to get through these two stories, or do you want to save them for midweek? Uh, let's fans go. Are what's up, what? Dying to know the let's, answer. Let's, right let's just let's let's just do them. All let's right. just do them real quick. So the first story is Dana White confirming that Nate Diaz is on his last fight on his contract, um, and he but he did say that he does, it's not going to be Tony Ferguson despite, or at least they're not working on Tony Ferguson despite that being what people mm -hmm. are speculating from the Twitter posts mm -hmm. of both these guys. Um, but being on his last fight, obviously, very interesting um, topic. All right. I want you guys all to know this. He's leaving the UFC. He's fighting Jake Paul. Just stop, okay? This is his last fight. He's not fighting the UFC anymore. He's going to leave. He's going to fight Jake Paul. He's just trying to get a fight to get out the door. He's done. He's done with MMA. He just he, he knows that that fight is going to make him probably double what he's going to make. He's gonna They're going to fight. That fight's going to happen. Okay, he's he, that's why he's fighting this contract out. He would have resigned. He, he would have sure. already resigned. I, I've I've heard I've heard that exact thing, uh, exactly what you're talking about. So you're not lying. But I want you to think of this. There's a trilogy fight with a guy named Conor McGregor out there. For hold on, think about this. Mm -hmm. Come on, now I'm trying I'm trying to bring you into the thought process of let's make some money. Okay, because neither guy needs a promoter. They both have huge names, and they have big fan followings. And so if you could take Connor, who's allowed to box under his contract, 
okay? And Nate leaves the UFC, bites out his contract, and leaves the UFC. Why would Connor and Nate not get together and promote their own boxing match under whichever, you know, be it Showtime or whatever, Triller or whatever? They can bring in a promoter like that or they could do it on their own and they could make a killing. Doesn't his contract say that the UFC has to be involved? So that's only on his half, meaning Nate gets what? No, it would be no, it would be on the Connor half, right? But I don't know if Connor. I don't half. know if yeah, not I don't know Nate if Dana Dana's not chasing that for not to fight Nate. He's gonna be like, yeah, fuck Nate, man. Nate left the UFC. He yeah, would he would have be that saying MMA that, but fight it, in the, but Connor would be able to be able to do that anyways. He couldn't do that though with Dana looming over his shoulder saying, no, we're not we're not fighting Nate to go box. We're not going to fight Jake Paul because he's a clown. If you want us to fight Canelo, because I'm going to throw your body to the wolves and oh we're going to go get paid $100 million, I'll go do that. He, I mean, they, look, they already struck oil with the Mayweather thing. That situation was a diamond, a diamond in the rough. Like they found that shit and they just milked it for everything it was worth. I chip my hat to them. Great stuff. Yeah. That ship has sailed. They can't, Connor's not going to do that again. That, the, Connor's not that draw anymore that he was then. But I think if Connor can't get out of his contract, he's in like an eight fight or ten fight deal, I believe, is what I heard last. He signed, he had re-signed, so he plans on he's he's stuck with the UFC forever. I think if I'm speaking from a Nate point of view, is that Nate was going to leave. I think Nate's going to leave and end up fighting Jake Paul in boxing, because I know that he can probably make anywhere between say ten to fifteen, ten to twelve million to do that one fight versus him having to fight Connor and make two million, maybe four million. Why? When he can fight one time in boxing against somebody who he's got a lot more experience against, uh, and who, I'm not talking, I'm not knows. talking, about, I'm not talking about he should fight Connor in MMA. I think if he went, gets out of his contract and boxes Connor, we're gonna box. Here's tell me you would have okay, watched. So, tell I'll, me you would have watched. John, I will, I will stroke your ego a second here, okay? Just for one <laughs> second though, is that if Nate goes and beats Jake Paul? Then I could see Dana saying, okay, let's fight Nate in boxing. I couldn't see him doing it before. Okay. If he, he has to beat, he has to beat Jake Paul first. If he beats Jake Paul, I could see him riding Connor in to be like, Jake and Nate in boxing. It makes sense. It's a trilogy fight, but not a trilogy fight because it's in boxing, not an MMA. I think, I think I could see a deal being struck somewhere in there, but not, not before the Jake Paul fight. I'm just interested. It'd be interesting to see, yeah. but. I agree. It's I a, think so. But I, I'd love to see I'd love to see Nate out of his contract. Nick's stuck in the UFC contract forever. I think he had like six fights left, you know, when he fought Anderson. Yeah, so many. I don't know. He's, I think so. Yeah, he'd resigned because remember it was a title shot, and there was like another title shot. It was he had two title shots in a row. It was GSP, and then it was I think it was uh, Anderson, and it was he got title shots off of losses. So <clears throat> he didn't have I a believe. title shot against Anderson. That wasn't. Oh, that was shot. after Anderson lost lost to Weidman. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm just trying to load it up right now, but it's taking a hot second okay. here. Um, no, so, right. yeah, he lost GSP and then lost it, and then the no contest with Anderson Silva. Yeah. Yeah, but so it was two, was... Two, he lost, it was coming off a loss. But it wasn't a title shot. You're right. It wasn't was a title, title shot. But he, he was fighting Anderson off of a loss. Yeah. I thought that was a, for a title shot. Uh, what's the other story? Uh, last story is Josh Emmett scheduled to return against UFC, uh, against Dan Ige at UFC 269 in December. That's a tough fight to come back against. I'm just telling you right now. Look, Josh Emmett's yeah. got a lot of power. 
Uh, he's a good wrestler. He's a tough dude. But coming back against Ige, that's not going to be an easy task for him. Not that, you know, not that he can't beat Dan. You know, obviously he's got the skill level to do that, but Dan's got the skill level to beat him. Yeah. Dan, I mean, like, I like Josh. I think he's he's got power in his hands. He's got good anti-wrestling, training with all those guys. He's got a little bit of wrestling himself. I mean, he's a dog. He's like one of those guys, right? Yeah. You go back and watch his Michael Johnson fight. He's getting his ass kicked for 14 minutes, I believe it was, and gets a knockout with a minute left. Yeah. That's someone that never gives up on, on, on what they want to get done. Great stuff. Um, he's 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 a great fighter, but to come back after all this time and fight Dan Ige, who's been fighting Thank guys you. like fucking Barboza. Yeah. Barboza got a ton of power too. I mean, Dan's got the wrestling and a lot he's more that, speed. He's got that conditioning. Got a little bit more speed. Yeah, he's gonna get in there and get and get the grind on Josh Emmett. He's gonna press him to the fence, try and Which get is, him down. Once he gets him down, <clears throat> I'm gonna leave even, him with Dan Ige. Even even if he doesn't get him down, it's. Ige can run at an RPM. He creates a pressure against guys yeah. that he pushes them. And when you're coming back, it's tough to get that same, you know, feeling of being able to handle that type of output and pressure and not get exhausted from it. So I got my hats off to Josh Emmett for taking that fight, but that is yeah. not going to be an easy go. Yeah. I look at the Josh Emmett situation. I think he's 36. Is he 36, Dave? Uh, yeah, I think he's right under. Ams. Yeah, I think he's 36. 36. Yep, 36. Yeah, he's 36. They're looking at like, hey, look, you're coming off a major injury. Yeah. It's a sink or swim situation. Like, you got to win this fight. You don't win this fight. We're just going to have you become a little bit of the game. Yeah, and, and this is yeah, what exciting. Makes, this is what makes, you know, the UFC a difficult place when you're a fighter because they have so many. And you're you're a guy like Josh Emmett in this position. And yeah, they're going to throw you throw you in there and say, well, it's a sink or swim. Yeah. Not an easy yeah. position to be in, but you know, I'm not saying it's you know they're doing him they're not doing him dirty, but no. it's it's tough if you're that no, if you're that fighter. Yeah, it's a business. It's a business. That's yeah, what it comes down to. I'm on Absolutely. the fighter side. I'm on the fighter side, but this is a, when it comes down it's to he's 36 years old coming after yep. a major injury. You know, like look, don't expect anything else either. Like you see Glover, Glover's got a title shot, but if he loses, he ain't getting another title shot. They're oh, done with that. If if Yawn if Yawn loses. They ain't give him another title shot. I mean, he's gonna have to fight two two more times against whoever's their stone cold killers coming up, up and comers. That's what they that's what they're gonna do. Every almost every promotion is gonna do that at guys that are 36, 38, 39, somewhere in there. You heard the Yuri, that Yuri's Yuri's on deck for that fight, right? Oh, is he? Yeah. Prochesca is <clears throat> I mean, he's he's gonna sense. weigh I in. Mean, he's gonna be the champion. I think it's it's a matter of time he's gonna be the champion. Hold it, hold it, time out. I was absolutely abused by our fans when I said, look, this guy's for real. He's going to come in there and they're, oh, Gosh, he's not going to rise. In yeah, like, it's so funny. You know what's <laughs> funny, right? He sucks because he's from Ryzen, right? But then now you have Nemkov beat him up for 10 minutes straight and couldn't answer the bell because he was so exhausted from punching Yuri in the head. He didn't realize Yuri fucking just is a zombie and can just walk through shit. <laughs> he is. Okay. But, you know, and so he wasn't able to get up. But, like, the two of them, obviously the two of them are the best in their organizations. I mean, like, if Yuri wins a title, you have those two guys who you know now are the best. It's like, oh, shit. I mean, but let's see. Corey Anderson's inserted himself into this chat. So we'll see what happens. Well, Yan is still Jan has too. the best guy in the light heavyweight division for the UFC, no doubt about it. Yeah. Did you guys see this this week? Um, Dana had the contender series this week in, uh, in the post fight press. I don't, he, was, yeah. he was talking to the media and he 
you know, there was one guy he didn't sign a contract, but he performed well. And somebody asked him, are you not worried that because you didn't sign him, somebody else is going to go sign him and you're going to miss out on having him on your roster? And then I said, um, I saw this. Yeah, he said, uh, he said, I'm not worried about anyone signing him. He's like, the problem is, is that nobody else knows how to do what we're doing. We're doing all this contender series, all this other stuff. And everybody else is just trying to take the guys that we've already built up. Um, and, and that's, that's why I'm not worried about that's why I'm not worried about not oh, saying. Sorry. <clears throat> yeah. But, uh, well, look, uh, John. But John, this this see, this is a com- this is a, this is something we should have talked about. We shouldn't have talked about the other two topics. This is a very important conversation, because John, as much as you laughed, the little bit of the reality is it's true. Like, think about this: PFL signed Pettis, right? Pettis. But then here, once when this is, this goes back when we wipe away when we wipe away the promotions. Pettis was beating or fighting Tony Ferguson, fighting all these guys, having good wins. He knocked out uh, Stephen Thompson, who's ranked number five, right in the in the in the welterweight division. Everyone knew that he probably wasn't going to be champion again, but he's beaten guys because that's that's the level that you got to deal with. Guys at one fifty five coming to one seventy, able to beat these guys that are in the top five rankings. That's the level when you get to the top five, when you get to the top eight. That's how close it is. Even in even in different weight classes, that's how close it is. We just saw that last night with Vittori and, Co- and Paulo Costa. They sure they went up to 205, and they're both at 185. But those guys at 205 probably fought a lot better because they fought at 205 instead of having I to agree. make that weight cut. Paulo Costa had energy in the fourth and fifth round. Very Dude, rarely I, does he have energy. And I'm telling you, at middle of the first round, he was getting tired. You go, oh, my God. Man, yeah. I got to give him credit. He went the five rounds, and... Dude, amazing with as hard as he throws at times that he's not burning out and that he made it through all that and with some of the shots that he took he looked great at the end of the fight yeah and so look we're to go back to the dana situation i i gotta agree with him a little bit we need to as and i'm just and i'm speaking then from bellator i'm like we should stop signing guys unless that somebody like like Corey anderson who asked for his release he's ranked number four and he's like look i want to go somewhere else because he knew that they were just bagging on him. You're a wrestler. This you got to be exciting. That's not the way he fights. Okay. We he, now that he comes in with confidence in terms of like he feels comfortable. He can fight any way he wants without any criticism. That's why he's able to do what he's done in Bellator, which is fine. I, I'm not. I'm, let's leave promotions out of it now. But I'm simply saying, these guys, Pettis, he had knocked out Stephen Thompson, and then a couple fights later, he leaves and goes to PFL, and he gets beat by Clay Collard at 155. These guys at this level. It can match up any way. Styles make matchups. And at 55 to 70 to 45 to 55, those guys can all beat each other on any given day based on who shows up better to fight that day. And so when someone says, when I see these things on social media about like, oh, the guys over there suck or PFL sucks or one sucks. We used to we used to say that Demetrius Johnson was the greatest fucking fighter in the world for a while. Then he goes to, he goes to one. He's digging out these wins. He never got challenged like that in any of his UFC fights, except for Henry Cejudo in the last fight that he lost. Nobody ever challenged him. I think uh, the Elliot kid who won the ultimate fighter, he's the only guy that really, yeah, Tim Elliott, he's the only guy that ever really gave him a hard fight. Like these other guys didn't really give him a hard fight. And then he goes to one and he's fucking walking out of there looking like the elephant man in some of these fights. Getting beaten, he got knocked out in his he last fight. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not trying to knock DJ at all. DJ, no. to me, I feel like has always been one of the best fighters. But to say that because, to say that these guys are not good in other, in every other, sh- around the world, I'm not even bringing up promotions, but around the world, there's not guys out there. 
that can't beat these the, the UFC guys. It's just ridiculous. And so, when you, but but see this, and here's where I have a problem with what Dana's saying because it's just not true. Because does the UFC sign fighters from the PFL? Does the UFC sign fighters from Bellator? Yep. So what's he doing? Why why are you signing those fighters? Yeah. You're, well, you're, it, hold it. You're the one that's creating them. You're not creating anything. If there's one promotion that doesn't create fighters, for the most part, as far as it's the UFC, yes, okay. No. You, you, if I asked you right now, name me the last three fighters that Bellator signed from the UFC. Who are they? Corey Anderson, Corey, one. Yoel, Gagar, Yoel, Rumble. and Yoel. Oh, Anthony Johnson, Anthony. But, yeah, so Anthony. Yeah. Okay. So now Anthony was retired. So, but th those are your three. So, who wouldn't sign Anthony Johnson? Mm -hmm. It's not because he was a UFC fighter. It's because he's Anthony Rumble Johnson who can yeah. fight. Okay. When you look and you say, you know, all these, you know, all, all there's, they just sign all my old talent. No, you sign talent from Bellator just like Bellator signs talent from you. When you get them, I agree. I think that you get you're getting guys at a better stage than what Bellator is getting them at at times. But when it comes from to growing a fighter from ground up, don't even compare because I can name a ton of Bellator fighters that are now fucking awesome that started off with Bellator from the beginning. AJ McKee being one right there. Okay, name me the guy in the UFC that started off, that is with him now, started off with the UFC. Uh, I mean, I would say Max. Max Holloway didn't start his right. first fight in the UFC. No, not, not first fight. None of those guys oh, no. really started this their first fight. This is my fight. whole point. No, UFC. UFC doesn't do that. They're getting their talent from somebody else. They're getting it from LFA a lot of the time, which is great. That's smart. Yeah, okay? it's a great promotion. To sit there and, and to say that, oh, the Dana White Contender Series, that's creating new talent. Are you fucking high? You just signed Njikawani. Chidi Njikawani, who has been with everyone, and you're saying, oh, we're signing the newest hot talent. Now, that's taking nothing from Chidi. I love Chidi. He's a great guy. But yes. Chidi's been with everybody, and he's, he's a tough fighter. But you're not signing the new top talent. You're signing guys that come in that put on a fight, and you decide, okay, we can use this person at this time. That's great, but it's not like you're creating something. It's not like you're the one that is taking that talent and building it. You're not. Yeah, but what he has done, though, uh, John, and I can't say he's uh, he's part of the reason why they've done it. They did the Ultimate Fighter. That was a big success. That and it's still great. going. Absolutely. Still going to this day. And what he's done is he's now branched away from like the whole storyline of it all. And now he's just putting on fights with the contender series. That's another thing that he's doing. So when he says, and I, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, when he says these other promotions just, they, they don't open their eyes. They're just trying to sign what we've already created. I mean, the reality is, is that there's a little bit of truth behind that. He, we, we are, we do sign like Bellator does sign people that have left there, you know, and don't get me wrong. They've signed some of ours. Like we let, like Bellator let Michael Chandler go. They released him. That's they right. just basically said, Hey, they said they could have matched it and they were, they, they had thought about it and, and matching what the price was. But they're like, nah, 
we're good. And they actually just released him. So I understood the situation, you know, um, it's, you got to look at your return on your investment and what does that person bring? And at the time Chandler didn't bring anything to the table. It's all about the ROI. Let's just be honest. It's a business. Yep. And you look, you say, is that person worth me paying that amount of money based upon what I'm getting in return? mm -hmm. And based upon the fact that he wasn't even their champion and he, he had lost to their featherweight. It's like, nah, it's not going to work for me. Well, this is what he does. This is what he does very well. Is that what Dana does with the UFC? Is ESPN okay? Um, when he did, even when he did Fox, the deal that they worked out with with um, with Fox, there was previous fights on that they showed on Fox Sport One. They combated whatever Strikeforce was doing or whatever whatever promotion was going on. They would combat that. Bellator doesn't all do the that. time. Like Showtime doesn't. Showtime Spike, doesn't he, do that. He did that with they Spike should. TV. Exactly. Yeah. So they would, it was like, so what he does, like what he did. So his deal with ESPN. Now you see something going on ESPN too. Now you see something like something's going on during times, you know, the, and then plus highlight real knockouts or highlight real submissions or best of fights or UFC unleashed. Those are all things as a promotion that they do very well with, with their programming. Yes. That's one thing now with, with, Bellator going to Showtime, they need to figure like that, that's one of the biggest things I feel like they need to start working on. Because when we had Strike Force on Showtime originally, they would put it on. They would put shows on CBS. I think it was CBS. They would occasionally throw a CBS show on there. They would throw a Strike Force show on CBS. It's just like filler, and that makes a big difference when you're trying to gather new fans. Now I don't know how all that TV stuff works when it comes to like how they do. Like, do they borrow the you know? Do they borrow their brand from? From Showtime to go to CBS. What about CBS Sports? You know, why are we not running a reel on there? Those are all things when it comes to the actual TV portion of it that John and like that for myself, I don't understand why we're not doing it because they're all in the same family. You have Showtime, CBS and CBS Sports that are all in the same family. I feel like we've got you have if you ran like a highlight reel of all of AJ's knockouts, Anthony McKee's knockouts. I mean, you'd have a good 30 minutes of great stuff. You know, maybe even longer, you know, of, of some of his best fights. Or even if you had, you know, Emmanuel Sanchez, some of his best fights, Patricio Pitbull, Aaron Pico's rise and fall. If you did a 30 for 30 on him, like a series, a short little series like that on him. Those are all things that I think that that need to happen for, for Bellator to grow even more. So when Dana says these guys don't do what we do. I mean, he's got, he, there is a little bit of, he is right about some stuff, you know, but then you have to also look is that. They've been doing this shit for since nineteen, uh, since two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand two thousand is when they bought it. Yeah, two thousand end of two thousand one. So two thousand one. Yeah, but they didn't do like remember all the shit they did before until two thousand five or whatever it was when they started the Ultimate Fighter were fucking flops. They were fifty million dollars in debt. So it takes time, you know. Coker's been running the show here for I don't know how long, six seven years, maybe a little bit longer, maybe longer than that. Um, you know, and so the ball's kind of rolling in the right direction, I think now. And so we'll just see what happens in terms of the programming to get more exposure to our younger, our younger fighters. Cause one thing that we do have in terms of Bellator, we've got a lot of young, talented Great fighters. Young we talked to, we talked about Aiden Lee, talked about Usman or Magomedov. You talked about that's Khabib's cousin. We talked about other guys that are from that camp that are on our cards as well. You got, you know, um, even though Patricio's not young, he's still he's still a dog, man. Still got a lot of good fights left in him. There's a lot well, of 33? good fighters. Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of good fights to be had in in the or, in the organization with a lot of young talent, like young talented fighters. Uh, the kid from um, 
from Hungary. He's from Hungary, Hungary. Uh, his dad was Adam a Greco Roman wrestler. In the, no, oh, that's Noveni. Noveni. Norbert Noveni. Noveni Jr. Stud, man. Absolute stud. So, I mean, there's guys there. Look, and I'm, I'm not here to toot the horn or anything like that. There, I do believe that there is a little bit of the truth behind what, what Dana said, but he does like to cloud him. He likes to shoot the whole cloud himself. He wants to like pat himself on the back, which he should. I mean, like, it's okay. He's been doing it a while. He's built up a, they've built up a big promotion and they've done a good job of doing it. They're keeping it going after Lorenzo left, which is good. So really when it comes down to the end of it all, I mean, they're going to, every promotion is going to have to figure it out. You know, they did, they already figured it out. They've done it. Like these promote all of us, all the other promotions, Bellator one and PFL, they're going to have to figure it out, but they all have, all of them, John have top level fighters in them. All of them. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's so no doubt. The, the one thing that you, I will always look and say, you got to really give it to the UFC is you know, when they started the whole thing with spike. Okay. You know, that, mm-hmm. that was a buy. Lorenzo was paying money to put that first Ultimate Fighter on Spike TV. He paid for the production of the show, and he was paying for the the time buy to put it so it was on Spike TV. And then Spike TV says, "Oh, we like this. It's oh, it's getting ratings." And then it kind of turned and it started turn. But the the ability of the UFC to at given times, you know, they walked away from Spike TV for less money to go to Fox, but they looked at it as this is going to benefit us. It's a bigger company, a bigger brand. It's got more sports-oriented, you know, programming. This is going to be good for us, and they were right, you know. And they ended up making, and then they walked away from Fox to go with ESPN. And I thought, I still believe that's one of the greatest moves they've they've made. It was, you know, the hands contract down. that. The, what's that? Oh, hands, the contract and the, the contract that down. they ended up hashing out is so beneficial to them. Congratulations yeah. for being so, you know, business smart and being able to get yeah. that contract. It's fantastic for them. And, and that's still, they're growing their brand right now at a higher rate than they were, you know, back then based upon mm-hmm. those moves. And you got to give it to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, John, well, let's wrap this up. Hey, guys, make sure you guys yeah, go, to pro wrestling, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash weighing in. Use the promo code and still pick up one of our shirts there. If you guys want to support our channel, we appreciate it. We ask you if you do buy a shirt, take a picture of it, tag us on it in Twitter or on Instagram, and we'll reach, repost it or retweet it. And we want to thank you guys for that. Also, go to our YouTube channel. There's a link down below in our main YouTube channel, and there's a clips channel there. And we hit that link, and it'll take you to our Clips channel, which we do a show called Wayne Interjection there, which is a special show only for that channel and available only on that channel. So make sure you guys hit that link and hit the subscribe button on our Clips channel. We want to thank you guys for listening to us. And, um, you know, I'm going to start putting things, I guess, for me directly. Um, John can keep doing what John's doing because John's great at what he does. But I'm going to start talking to you guys indirectly just about the fighters themselves and not so much about the promotion because I don't want this to be... I don't want this to be a, a, it's not. And and the thing is, is I think people believe that that's what it is. No, I'm like I said, from John said, without even us talking about it, I'm about the fighters and I want what's best for the fighters. And I want to continue to talk about the fighters and how they match up. I'm going to wave the promotions out of all of this stuff and just start talking about the fighters because that's, that's something we need to start doing. 
across the board. I think all media should start doing. I think I want to be one of the first guys to try and just start talking about just strictly. This is about the fights, the fights themselves and the fighters and how they match up and not talk about the promotions. And this guy had this promotion has better. And this promotion has this person. No, I'm going to start talking about the guys that I think would match up well against each other. And, and if you guys as fans listen, start ta- stop thinking about what promotion they're in and start thinking about stylistically when you watch them fight, how they would match up when I'm, when I'm, when we're talking about these guys. So anyways, we want to touch on that. We want to thank you guys. Go to our audio platforms on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, all of those. Hit the subscribe there. We will thank you guys. John, you got anything? Just want to say to everyone out there, hope you have a great week coming up. Some big fights coming up. Always check in to weighing in, and we will see you. Bye.